Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero life mate Rico. What's going on, brother? Oh my fuck, dude. This has been a interesting week. I've been... Tell me about it. Uh, Alright, so first off, the new hashtag that I've been putting out on Twitter is hashtag fatfuck. And the reason why is because, long story short, I have a friend who decided we need to go to the gym. And when he told me that, I said, what's this we shit? And he <laughs> said, come on, dude. He said, come on, dude, we're under 30 and we're both fat as shit. We need to start losing weight. And I said, again, what's this we shit? And no, he wait, is- if I can interrupt you for a second, it, it's funny because so for people listening and, and the people that follow the show, we just put out our pilot episode that was, you know, well talked about. And in the pilot, you talk about Kevin's heart attack and how it inspired you to get into better health and then didn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely fucking fell off that, that bandwagon. Um, honestly, I have a hard time starting shit by myself. You can vouch for that. Yep. Steph can vouch for that. Um, everyone in my family. I mean, I, I talk a good game. And I'm not, like, really that terrible. Like, But I, I need – I really like the motivation. I'm just a lazy fuck sometimes. So my friend, honestly, he, he was just he, – he was – sort of uh, doing this whole no, like, sober October thing. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I one of our uh, friends, uh, actually, um, Samuel Lemons, who does the music, uh, who yeah. did the uh, end credits uh, The theme is Q, yeah. The theme is Q. He, um, he, he got me, he got Michael in particular, like, all right, dude, we're going to go, like, we're going to walk our dogs more. We're going to do yoga and we're just going to not drink. And Michael, and I, I told someone like that is a fucking stupid idea. I mean, everything else is fine, but you don't have to cut yourself off from alcohol. Alcohol can be, you know, good in, in a very, well, in moderation, kind of thing. it can be in moderation. Everything, everything in moderation for the most part is going to be okay. Anything well, in excess is going to be really bad for you. That's fair too. So, I mean, too much water is called fucking drowning, so figure that one out. Well, yeah. Generally, that doesn't happen from drinking it, but sure, I get the idea. Yeah. Unless you're water- um, waterboarding a motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm, not <laughs> really, I'm not a Republican, so I, I can't fucking say that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's do... Anyway, so you've been going to the gym. So, you're going to the um, gym, working out. We've been going... My, my, yeah, Michael basically said, like, all right, we're going to the gym. Um, Wait, Michael did this? You know, this is Michael? Michael did this. This is all Michael. This all right, is, so... I got to give him credit. Like, Really quick, though, because in the last episode we recorded, um, which was a while ago, as people can put together by now, I um, why are you still drinking that fucking thing? Um, because I paid six fucking dollars for it. Well, that was your second mistake. But anyway, <laughs> um, the... The um, I I looked up Michael because we've talked about him for you know six months or whatever it is at this point, and I've never seen him, so I looked him up just to just try to a face to go with the name, and he doesn't strike me as a a fat fuck. Not that you are either, but I mean, he's not a fat fuck. He's he's um honestly, if he was my height, he would be a fat fuck. Um, is he tall? Because I didn't out. get that. So he's six, oh, he's six foot six. Oh, is he really? Wow. Okay. 
it, yeah, I call him the seven foot wonder. <laughs> like, how tall is Michael? I didn't know I was losing my hair until he told me because he just looked straight down and he said, dude, I got bad news for you. <laughs> wow. I remember it vividly too. I'm we were, sure I, we you were do. in the, I, I was, I was living, uh, I, I have a park which, which is underneath the uh, BART station next to my house. And we were just outside, just walking in the park. It was late at night. There were like lights above us. And he just said, dude, I've got bad news. He looks down. And <laughs> Michael, um, for some reason, Michael can't grow facial hair very well. Like, it's just facial hair is just weird. That him. happens to some people. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have that problem. I had a fucking no. beard when I was 11. Yeah, you said um, that. And so... When he looked down and said, dude, you're like losing your hair. And he wasn't like being a dick. He was just like, right. oh, shit. Like, I got to tell you something. And then I got, I reacted by looking up at his chin and like, hey, I got some fucking news. You haven't hit puberty yet. That sounds like a reaction you would give. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we. <laughs> so he, um, his whole thing was like, you know, he doesn't want to have to rely on drinking to go to sleep. He, you know, he wants to. You know, he he we both he was like we both need to be fucking healthier. We both did uh, work out a lot when we were eighteen. Okay. We went to the we went to the open Y. We lost the uh, you know we were losing a little bit of weight. We were getting more tone. We were definitely looking sexier. And then when we hit nineteen, the price increased. So it was like uh, thirty dollars or something for us each when we were eighteen. But then they had a rule when you turned nineteen, it was like automatically went up to sixty. And we were both like. Working at like you know restaurants and not really like rich. Are you spanking not that I'm off? Rich, what the fuck was that? I'm spanking my cat. I was slapping oh. my hairy pussy. Yeah, that sounded worse than I. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> oh dear. Can you tell we haven't mine. done this in like three weeks? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So uh, we went back to the gym and we've been. I mean, I don't see any definite change in my body obviously because we've only been going there eight or nine days i, I lost track of time eight days i think it was eight or yeah it's i think it's an fuck it eight or nine it's days. gonna take time um yeah it's gonna take time i've already reached that milestone of looking in the mirror and being really pissed off um and this is the heaviest i've ever been i and i didn't i was just so in denial because i think i have a theory that like we don't realize how fat we are until you actually look like at the fucking scale or someone tells you yeah. because for years I've been telling people have been telling me like Rika you're looking particularly big and I'm like no I'm not because it's not like I was skinny and then all of a sudden boom here's a fucking belly it's right. just it's just gradual and so I'm every second I'm getting more and more used to it well, so for me I look normal right and I, I'll tell you like I'm kind of going through a similar thing like I'm not going to the gym and stuff like you are but I'm definitely dieting right now because I'm uh -huh. I'm 140 pounds right now, which doesn't sound like a lot. I know that, but for my height and with my disability, that's the heaviest I've ever been. I mean, I didn't break 100 pounds until I went to college. So, you know, I was Jesus, dude! I yeah. want to make you a sandwich. Fuck. <laughs> well, that's what people used to say all the time. But you know what? What I really, honestly think it is is like because because of my disability and my leg, my knee can't sustain a ton of weight. You know, so Deb has this theory that my body has a built-in self-defense mechanism that didn't let me get too heavy. 
But as you get older, your body starts... I don't want to say shutting down because I'm not dying, but certain things don't function the way they used to, you know, and so maybe it works works against itself, basically. Right. So maybe my metabolism is not as good as it used to be. And so I'm trying to get the weight back down on my own. So, I mean, I I get it, dude. Like, I didn't think I was that heavy until I because, okay, so if I sound off to people throughout this episode, I'm sick. I've been fighting a viral infection for like two weeks now. Um. Actually, it's two separate viral infections, but I'm not going to bore people with the details. Anyway, the point being is I've been sick, so I went to the doctors, and that's when they weighed me, and it said I was 140-some-odd pounds. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Now, I had shoes on and stuff, but that doesn't add 10 pounds. That adds, like, three. (laughs) You know know, know what really sucks is I'm basically double your weight. Well, right, and and I'm not trivializing you, Rico, in any way. I'm just saying, like, I get it. You know, it's it's about getting healthier. I mean, we're both getting older, you know, I'm, I've, and I've definitely got age on you. We make that a joke a lot, but in reality is I definitely got some age on you, and I'm at a point now where I need to be conscious of my health, you know, more so than I did, you know, 10 years ago, so. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta start drinking these fucking Jamba Juice uh, things. I, for, you guys can't see, obviously, but I'm drinking... Like a like a real actual healthy thing for Jamba Juice, not that peanut butter chocolate shit. That like, if I ever gonna go to go to Jamba Juice, I'm gonna get like a peanut butter chocolate, basically just a fucking glorified milkshake. This fucking thing is neon green. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's fucking kale and a bunch of other shit. I just said kale. It's supposed to be good for me. And well, I mean, when I I first sipped it, I'm like, oh god, this is this is this is awful. And it's kind of growing on me, but I definitely going to call it the butthole tickler because I know this is going to cleanse me. <laughs> well, listen, I um, un- unlike the marinara recipe you started to give me on the pilot that just drops off, I have a um, a recipe for a, a a drink you could you should drink either before or after your workout, and this is for legit. This is for real. So it's um, two bananas. A mm-hmm. tablespoon of peanut butter, um, a scoop of protein mix, so like whatever you know, protein powder thing you want to use, mm-hmm. and a cup of coffee, like an eight ounce cup of coffee, and you dump that into the blender and run it. And I will tell you, man, it it's good and it's good for you because if it's black coffee, you know what I mean. No, don't make it like you would drink the coffee and then dump it in. Like if you put stuff in your coffee, like I drink my coffee black. So for me, it's just my cup of coffee. But you know, yeah, I like my coffee like I like my women. You know, fattening and they keep me up all night. Well, there you go. So, are you calling Stephanie fat? Kind of sounded like it. Just saying. <laughs> I think I've called every girl. Like what I what I basically said was. Every girl date has been a little heavy. Oh, no. I'm just fucking with you. We love Steph, and she knows we love her. You are the one who called Stephanie. I didn't call her. (laughs) You, that's that's what you said. I'm the one who says I like my coffee fattening like I like my women. I like a woman who makes me fatter. Ah, okay. Well, then I misinterpreted what you meant. So there you go. We love you, Steph. (laughs) I just saved the shit out of me just now. What's that? I just saved like the shit out oh, of me. Oh, yeah, totally. We yeah. love you, Steph. Um, speaking of Steph, Steph is actually on. Yeah, she's on a. She's getting on a flight pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's away for work. But but tell everybody the um. We talked about it briefly on the pilot opening. But tell 
tell people what's going on. Steph is moving in with me. Uh, it is official. She will never get rid of me. She had a chance. Now she's fucked. So I would, she, I would agree. She's fucked. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I can at least cut off the recording and shut down the, the, uh, the stream. Yeah. You can hang up. She can't, you know, if, <laughs> if things don't go well for us, not that they will. And I hope they, not that they won't. I mean, um, right. right. She, she had a chance. Now she doesn't. Nope. Now if she wants to leave. It's going to be really fucking difficult and awkward. And you know, like it's, it's a good um, test for both of us. Um, while I've had lots of girlfriends, what doesn't sound, doesn't sound great. It makes me sound like a fucking slut. I've had a lot of relationships because people keep leaving me. Let's put it that way. Um, Fair enough. They, they, uh, I, I've had them stay over many, many, many times where it was almost like they were, living here uh and i would visit them often so but like we, this is the first time we're gonna i'm gonna live with someone and i think the same for her so but we both love each other we both want this for each other um and you know it, it came down to the option of what like we have to end the relationship because she'll have to move to uh washington to live with her mother and her sister or we just try each other and like oh and just make something work and over the past year, uh, she's gotten to love the Bay Area and, and gotten to enjoy the neighborhoods and, and obviously me and my family response to her. You know, my family likes her a lot. And so um, this upcoming uh, Wednesday or Tuesday night, I'm actually going to be driving, not busing, which I would normally do, but driving with my mother to L.A. to help Stephanie do the final packing. Oh, that's and a change then, in the plan from the last time we talked about it. So, yeah, I was going to um, bus there and then drive her car back while she drives the truck, the U-Haul truck. And then my mom says, "Well, I got friends in L.A. How about I drive you?" And I said, "That'd be fucking even better," you know. But then there was a whole like, maybe she won't do it, maybe she will do it, and it's probably gonna fucking happen unless my mom throws me the absolute cur curveball at the last second. I'm gonna be driving with her. Well, she'll be driving. I'll be storing in the fucking car. Um, so Tuesday night, I will be out of commission. I'll be in LA for the next couple for the couple days after that. Probably be back Thursday night or Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Pack up the room a little bit. Uh, try and put some stuff in storage, and then if I have if I have enough headspace, go to work. And then um, so uh, another reason why I'm drinking this fucking Java juice, and I. I went for a jog earlier um, was because Michael was also at a concert right now. So we and I are both like taking a huge gap break in our workout. I'm going to, I'm going to work out with him again uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, but he, he and I are both like, and then I'm going to miss like three fucking days. So I'm well, trying to still be consistent with the fucking workout, even though I'm not doing nearly as much as, what I would be doing at the gym because I do, we do everything at the gym. We do, um, we only have two hours to do it, uh, because we only get a two hour, uh, limit on the meter. We don't want to come back out and pay it and all, all that shit. So two hours is usually, uh, the, the most we can do. We start off with a, uh, playing uh, basketball and then Michael and I discovered something. We are really fucking white when we play basketball. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Like his height, really doesn't help. It's, it's, it's actually amazing. Well, just because um, you're tall doesn't mean you're good at basketball. 
You know, I don't know if that's fucking true because uh, usually, I mean, tell that to Shaq. What's that? Tell that to Shaq. Shaq can dunk just by scratching his balls. Right, but he's actually got some talent too. That doesn't mean he's, you know. Well, I, I'm glad he does because if he didn't, <laughs> he'd be fucked. So anyways, uh, we do a little bit of basketball for a warm-up or we play racquetball. And we sort of took a break from racquetball because I fucked up my shoulder because I swung too hard and missed the fucking thing. Like, if I had hit the damn little ball, I would be happy. But um, I fucked up my shoulder, and I, I actually, like, popped the rib. Like, you know how when you crack your knuckle? I think I do the same thing for my rib. Oof. Yeah, so it's been it's been sore. It's been a tough fucking road. They always say the first week is the hardest. I'm pretty sure it's always going to be hard because it's just – you always have to step it up. You once you once it gets easy, then you don't see uh, any any uh, definition. So you have to always kind of increase it a little, but not every day, but like little by little. Like okay, I ran one mile. Now that's easy. Now I got to run a mile and a half. Okay, now that's easy. I got to run two miles. Right. So right. It's, so it's a work in progress. And I, we went to uh, originally we went to twenty four hour fitness to see. Okay. If we if we if we like that because we both work shitty random hours mm-hmm. and we'd all, only be really available at night, and the woman who gave us a tour really coddled us, like, like she's like, okay, so this is where you stretch. Do you guys know how to stretch? And we're just like, you know, just because we're out of shape doesn't mean we're fucking morons. We've been to a gym before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I I sort of made I I just want to get the fuck out of there because she was just pissing us both off, me especially. And I finally just, she's like, so what is your goal? And I said, I want to look good naked. And then we were like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Rico, you really know how to put people in their places, man. Let me tell you. Oh, I don't, I don't hold back. No, you don't. I, I can say that comfortably from knowing you the way I do. Gee, baby, and I think good to you. I don't know why. You just, you just remind me of like the song from The Mask. Okay. And, all right. On that note, all that was a little bit of a filler on why I'm so more sore and grumpy and tired than usual. But on top of that, we actually do have a topic to discuss today. Well, um, bro, no, well, before you get into that, I did want to mention, by the way, you because at one point, I, you know, it's a shame because honestly, Rico, I need to go too. like I need to start going to a gym. And I swear to God, like I wish these are the, these are the times I do wish we lived closer together. Because I would ask if I could join you and Michael. Like, I wouldn't want to, you know, usurp Michael or jump in his, you know, grave, for lack of a better word. But, you know, I definitely would join you guys. Right. Because I think it would be fun. Because, Michael, from what you've told me about him, it sounds like he and I would get along. I'm not saying we'd be best friends or nothing, but it sounds like we'd get along. Michael Michael gets along with mostly everybody. I mean, he it takes a – he's a really good dude. He's real loyal, and he's really um, – he's – He's honest, but he chooses his words carefully. Like, sure. whereas I will always be honest and just say what I want to say. He will slow. He's like, he'll, it looks like he's thinking what he's going to say. Like, if someone says, Hey, did you like the smoothie I made for you? I'll be like, It tastes like butthole. Thank you. <laughs> he'll be like, Well, it's not for me. But thank you for making it. Like he has a little bit yeah, more that, tact than I do. That's more where I'm at. I'm I'm more in that line. Do you think we'd ever get him on? Would he come on? Do you think? I've asked him, but I think he could be a little shy. He I've tried look, honestly, 
you can look at the evidence. I've been trying to get him on fucking Rico's Rants forever. Um, and well, he is, he just doesn't, he just doesn't have the, he's at that hump where he's like, I don't know if I would sound good. I don't know. I think I'd clam up. He's always said like, Hey, let's like, why don't you record in secret and then show me later what you recorded. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because it, you know, it, it just seems like I'm hiding something like well, it, it was, it was out of, it was out of deception. And here's the thing I'll I'll say in his defense for a split second. Doing this is a little bit easier because you're not in front of a camera. Like, we are because we talk to each other. But when we're releasing it to the world, they're only hearing the voice. You're not seeing a face with the voice. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think sometimes that's easier. Cause I, look, I, I know I have a face for radio. Like, <laughs> this is the format for me because I have a face for radio. <laughs> so, um... Although I think I think it came up once on one of our episodes. I got into the I got into the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Um, I think we talked about really? it. Yeah, did we, we no, talked about it? No, thought we did. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, nope. I because you have to audition. You don't just like sign up to go to the school. You have to go to like this orientation thing that's free, and then audition. And then if you make the audition, then you talk to them about having to pay for it and all that stuff. And they're their system for paying for it is super shitty, so I couldn't ultimately do it. But that's another story altogether. Um, and I got in, and it almost sounded like they wanted me to do TV more than because um, part of the so the audition's two phases. You do a a, a read a live uh, not live because it doesn't go over the air, but you do a radio read. So like they give you copy for like a commercial and you read it, and then they analyze it, I guess. And then the other thing they do is you go into their mm-hmm. TV studio and you read their teleprompter on camera. They put up a thing on the teleprompter and you read it as if you were like doing the news or something. And I remember to this day very vaguely the people in the control room because you could see the control room while you were on the TV set. So the camera's in front of you and then behind that is the control room. And I could mm-hmm. see the grins on these people's faces as I was reading the teleprompter. They they were loving me. And I'm not even trying to be cocky because like I was like, at the same time, I remember thinking, oh, God, they want me to do TV, and I want nothing to do with television. But it's not that I don't want right. anything to do with TV, but I don't think people are going to want to see me. I, and that's probably because I don't like the way I look. I don't like the look of myself. I avoid pictures and camera at all costs. So, you know. Um, and that, without getting into a whole sob story, psychological thing, it's it's because of my disability. I don't mm-hmm. like the way I walk. I can see my limp more than you would ever see my limp if you saw me walk around. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and people who know me and see me on a regular basis, most of the time say they don't even remember it. Like they don't even notice it. Like it's just, it's just me walking. They don't see it. You know what I mean? So, whereas every time yeah, I yeah. see me walking, I'm like, ugh. So, anyway, that said, I, I uh, you know, but I, I don't even know what I can't. Oh, the... The being in front of the camera, so I, the, maybe that's where Michael Singh comes from. So ask him if he wants to do the podcast or when he I, have I've to. asked him, and he said okay. he, he finally said like, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, uh, maybe. And then, well, and, we need to, here's the other thing we need to do, and I this would fall more on your shoulders than mine, unfortunately. Rico, we need to find a topic we're going to do that he would be 100 percent comfortable discussing. Do you know what I mean? Like we need to be something directly in his wheelhouse that would help. I think in part. You guys could talk about music because he's, I think you 
you might you I think you both might have similar tastes in music. So yeah, but then you would be completely out of the conversation. I'm not saying not to sh- take a shot at you, but it's kind of like the the episode with Dustin. You kind of sat in the background most of that episode. Well, it's okay. I mean, I think for a first time, I mean, he doesn't have to get used to me. He's got to get used to you. That's the most that's important thing. He's, he's got yeah, to but, bounce off you and get to know you. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, having you more interactive might make him more comfortable since he knows you. Anyway, let's we can discuss all that off air because we're getting into like behind the right. scenes crap now. Which, by the way, I've got some updates on the roundtable for you too. I'll keep you in the loop on that. Um, cool. Uh, what other news before oh, we God, get into don't, our... Don't say roundtable. It makes me want fucking fatty food pizza. Oh, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> other news before we get into it. I, I was at a wedding last week. That was fun. Really had a good time. Deb and I good. had a blast. Um, I've seen some family I haven't seen in a long time. Got a couple of new listeners from what I know. They told me they were going to listen and to the point that they gave me their phones and had me open it up in their phone and, and subscribe them. So whether they're actually going to listen to it or not is another conversation, but they did give me their phones to subscribe to the to the show. So hopefully they're listening. And if you are, welcome, guys. That would be um, Dave and Dominic. And I think Ellen is listening, too. So thank you guys for listening and joining on jumping on board if you are. To uh to latch on to that, I also did something last night where I so when I started Rico's Rants, I had a I still have my number one fan is this is this guy named Ricardo. The guy over in lives, Sweden or something? Didn't you tell me about him before? Uh he's out he's out in Amsterdam. That right. He was yeah, going yeah. through some yeah, shit. So we he, talked about it once. Yeah, we yeah he he was kind of like I mean we we still talk every once in a while but we were always like talking like weekly because I was doing the Rico's rants a whole lot more uh, often than I am now. I stole you. Um, I mean, you did. You really did. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's it's actually more enjoyable to do this than the Rico's rants. I still do. The, I still do, do. Yeah, still do the Rico's rants from time to time, but not yeah, not as often. Um, but I really he, didn't he, need uh, to kill your other thing now. <laughs> no honestly the, it was also the um the working I'm, I'm now working more hours in the video room and now the working out it's just i have no time or energy i mean i'm still watching movies but it's just like th- honestly the good news is is that i did the rico's rants in start as a form of therapy yeah you talk so, about that on the pilot actually the one we just put yeah, out last me, week yeah me using it less is actually probably in some ways a good thing and I kind of view the pot of skew as, a, as another form of therapy because I'm actually bouncing off something from someone else. Right. I was um, just going to say that. I whereas, think the back and forth is probably better than just staring at the screen and talking to it, you know. Right. But um, Ricardo, is- he does a, a horror quiz, usually around, um, or usually around October, but he also will you know, put it out sometimes whenever he wants. So he'll do like a like a horror quiz contest, and I did the intro for him. He oh, requested that I do it, and it's actually on the Rico's Rants. You could see like me recording and doing a quick little shout out, and hey everybody, it's Rico's Rants. Well, you know, enjoy this new uh, thing that Ricardo's doing. So I recorded that last night for him because he asked me to do another one uh, a couple of days ago for this year, and he. I plugged the fucking uh, podcast and Rico's Rants, and he said, dude, I fucking love it, but you fucked up towards the end when, like, it wasn't 
specifically for Halloween. It's supposed to be released in December, and I'm like, that's weird. But um, he he said he's been like pushing Potescu as well. Oh, nice. So we're getting like some fucking fans overseas. They don't understand everything we say, but yeah. we're we might be fucking going global. Is what we're was what I'm saying. Well. First off, thank you to Ricardo and the fans we have overseas in near Amsterdam. So thank you for that. But to be fair, we don't always fucking understand what we say. So it's fair if someone else doesn't get it. I mean, come on, shit. I did. I did. Uh, at the end, I did. Uh, I I got this fucking like. I, there's no other way of saying it. It's like a fucking. It's like a pop doll. Like you know those Funko pops. Yeah, yeah. So they have like a plushy one now. And they oh, were selling okay. these 7-Eleven, and they're horror movie themed. So I got a fucking Michael Myers one. You guys can't see oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cute? That is pretty neat, dog. actually. Like, all needs is a little fucking nice. So at the end of the video, I, I put that up. Um, but, I, I mean, like, my urge to collect shit is really, like, going whole hard because I'm like, man, they have a Jason Voorhees, they have a Freddy Krueger, they have a fucking Pennywise. Yeah, well, uh, and I told got, him, like you, I, I need to stop. Yeah, that's why I got the Michael Myers. So if I stop, if I stop and just have one, I'll be happy. Dino yeah. fucking loves and hates this fucking thing now because I'll go up and like wave in his face and he'll attack it. And then like I caught him last night struggling up against it. I'm like, oh, like, that's funny. Dino is like curling up with Michael Myers. I love it. Well, that's and that's kind of what we do with pizzas. She, um. She doesn't have typical dog toys. I mean, she's got a couple of typical dog toys, too, but we also got her, like, a stuffed BB-8 that she plays with. You know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Which leads us right into where we're going for this episode. That's, um, that, that's right. Now, if you guys were tired of us talking about Star Wars, too bad. Oh, well. <laughs> no, there's there's two movies that we specifically... Well, at the time that we recorded the Star Wars episode, we did leave off one movie that was out, and I... I think Solo had just hit theaters when we it did that episode. Yet. Uh, no. I don't remember. I think it was about to. Well, um, we, re we we released on Star Wars Day, May the Fourth, so it was yeah. right around then. If it wasn't, if it wasn't already out, it was close because I don't think it was out on Star think, Wars Day. I don't think either of us had seen it yet. Oh no, uh, neither of us had seen it. I know that because I remember we talked about the fact that, like, off air, we talked about the fact that neither of us had seen it yet. Um, right. So, and then I'm a cheap. Well, no, I'm more of a broke fuck than a cheap fuck. So I couldn't get to the theater. Hashtag fat fuck makes uh, meets uh, hashtag broke. Broke fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> but I have now seen Sin Solo, and so we want to talk about Rogue One and Solo. That's what we're going to be going through tonight. Um, and I'm sure the canon movies will come up at some point because to me there is some good connection and in some and in some ways and in some ways some bad connection. So we'll get into all that as we get moving on with this. But well, there's yeah, there, there's news as well because they, they've uh, they've since canceled them. So canceled what? All the other standalone movies. They're, they're, Did they cancel them or just afraid. slow them down? They're not going to reset any. I they thought they were just. Them. They oh, say they as of right now, we're not doing them. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I. All right. Well, let's let's get right into it because I I have thoughts on that too, based on not knowing that up to this point. I thought they just said they were slowing them down. I didn't know they were flat out canceling it. So, um. And they they released uh, the statement like a week ago saying that they they canceled them. 
Well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Solo or do you want to start with Rogue One? I don't care, but I have I have pretty strong thoughts we'll on both of them. We'll start with Ro- uh, Rogue One. So why don't you feed into it? Well, okay. So for let's give some background on what Rogue One is for those that aren't familiar with it. Rogue One takes place between Episode 3 and right before Episode 4. Like, literally, you could watch Rogue One and then immediately put on Episode 4, A New Hope, and it's basically one gigantic movie. Um, technically, they are two movies, but you could feed them together that closely because spoilers, people, as we always do, the end of Rogue One literally is like the opening scenes from um, A New Hope. And and by the yeah. way, so well done. So well done. That transition is really well done. That I'll give the credit for. The great until you really think about it and you're like, wait a minute. Like, some, like we'll get to it, but like it, it's, it's seamless, but there's still some clunkiness. Okay. So... And and we'll get yeah well there's always gonna be a little bit of clunk but I get what you're saying. Um, for me, Rogue One puts a lot of gray area in what I feel used to be very black and white. The canon was very black and white before Rogue One. I felt like, and when I mean say black and white, I don't mean racial. I mean just clear cut. This is what's what. No, hey, these days you gotta be careful with that shit, man. You know you gotta you gotta <laughs> clarify. Okay. Um, but no, there was, there was very, very clear lines between the Empire's evil, you know, the, 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 the Rebel Alliance is good, and here's your good versus evil, very clear cut. To me, Rogue One throws a big gray wrench in the middle of all that. It shows that the Rebels will, will not be as bad as the Empire, but, no. like, the opening scene... Um, Diego Luna's character kills like a good guy essentially, like shoots him because be just that's wait, wait, what who? He's... Who are you talking about? Diego, the the second main um the main male in Rogue One, like when they first introduce his character, he's with someone else. Oh, you're okay. Well, that's who... not the opening though. The opening is with with Jin as a child on her planet, and they're taking her father. That's where I was getting confused. You're talking about well, later on when they're on. You're talking about Cassian. The first time you meet Cassian Endor, and he shoots that guy in the back. Yeah, when, when, okay. Yeah, when Cassian's first introduced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I agree, but that's not even that's not even the gray. Which, I'm which just about. shows that he can be like you know he does what he has to do. Well, yeah, but the gray I'm talking about is yeah, when oh they when when they send um when they send the the, the squad to Edu to find Galen Erso and the I don't know what the guy's title was but he pulls Cassian aside and goes you're not bringing Galen back you're to kill him on sight when you see him you know there was no you mm-hmm. know what I mean like there was no let's save people let's let's murder motherfuckers yeah I gotta give first off above all I gotta give like there are some great actors in this movie there are some yes. ones that I'm not thrilled about I but have the, um, the du- IMDb up, so if you need names, let me know. I've got them right here. Um, give me the um, the name that Ben Mendelsohn plays. He's the he's the villain. Oh well, yeah, that's that's Krennic. That's Orson Krennic. The which, yeah. by the way, the way they have him dressed through the whole movie, I feel like was on purpose to tie him to Hux 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's related to Hux in some capacity. It may not be talked about, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case because they they dress very similarly. I think I think they did a whole like they made a book that talks about General Hux's background. General Hux, for those who forget, is the fucking angry ginger Nazi in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sorry, that's really, what he is. Um, but he they did a whole thing about how like. If I remember correctly, he like his father was like in power, and then he killed his father to like get like status. Hux so, or Krennic? Krennic, I don't. Hux. Okay, okay. So I don't think Krennic and Hux are related. I think they're just. I think the Empire, you know, recruits angry, fucking loud, screaming well, evil people. Maybe they're not related, but I feel like they hold a very similar title in the empire or the, the new order, because I feel like, I, I don't know. To me, it felt very deliberate to have them dressed similarly. Well, that's also just, I mean, yeah, we didn't see that whole Imperial white uniform um, with maybe the exception of, um, Oh fuck. What's his name? Oh God. My star Wars lore. I see this is what going from the gym well, does. I, I, I lose brain cells. I, I think I sweat out brain cells. Uh, the fucking um, the blue guy with the red eyes in fucking Rebels. Um, oh, I I'm not as familiar with Rebels. I can look it up for you. Go ahead. Um, anyways, for the uniform, I I suit just saying that Hux and and um, Krennic, they they both look similar, but I think um, Hux wears more of a darker uh, yes. uniform. Plus, he wears darker colors. Fire versus First Order. But Krennic, yeah, Krennic yeah, did the whole white imperial uniform. He just basically had like the same kind of outfit as um, Tarkin, but white. And when he had a cape, he had like a billowing. Fucking well, that's cape, the, it's was, the cape is. The I mean, look, all I'm saying is Ben Mendelsohn. The cape, it just he was just un- he was just, I think one level or two underneath Tarkin. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Was, but he was above like stormtroopers and. Oh sure. Like, like sure. He yeah. was his own sect. You know, he was his own separate sect. Like he was not even like army. He was just like I'm responsible for constructing the Death Star. So if anything, he was like a real upper class contractor. Right. Um, but I got I mean, Ben Mendelsohn worked perfectly in Star Wars fucking universe. His his character, you kind of. I mean, he was a. He was a, he's a villain, but he got fucking cheated a lot. Like, he just was like, I just want to see, I just want the credit that I made this, and <laughs> he didn't get it. Yeah, but it makes but, sense um, with, with Tarkin, because Tarkin, that's who he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's his character, oh, yeah, which, by the way, the, the CGI they did to bring Tarkin back considering the actor has been dead for a long time, was really well done. I have to say that. I think that was really well done. I fucking was more impressed with Peter, the fact that it was not Peter Cushing and it's Peter Cushing. I, for, you are, I mean, there's good CGI and bad CGI in that movie. The great CGI, which a lot of people actually disagree with us on that, it looked like Peter Cushing, and it sounded like Peter Cushing. Yeah, even to the point I, where like, whoever did the voice actor... Like the whole you may file when ready. Like get it perfectly. Do you think they actually used old audio for stuff like that? 
because he no, said no, that I, before. That, well, he did say that before, but you there actually was a, there's a YouTube video where they do it side by side, okay. and you it sounds almost exact, but there is some mind like Subtle. slight difference. Yeah, and, and you're box, you're our voice expert, so I trust you on that. If you tell me there's differences, I believe you. But it's it's would you agree it's negligible? Because I as a layperson, I want to pick it out. Like seriously, I thought it was pretty spot on. Well, I thought that at first I thought they took the audio from the original film. Because it's, um, it's just like Red Skull and in Infinity War. Like the guy that did Red Skull was spot on for uh, Hugo Weaving, who's still yeah, alive. You can hear the you you can hear the differences in that too. He did a he did a spot on impression of Hugo Weaving, but um, Ross Marquardt he he just fucking he's just really that good. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can yeah. hear some minor differences, like the German accent. Not to say Hugo Weaving's German, he's Australian, but or New Zealand, one of the two. Um, sorry for those who actually are from either. I don't, I can't, I don't, I just don't know which one he is. I think he's Australian. Um, there is some minor differences, but I mean, because I picked it up in Infinity War immediately, I was like, I this is definitely Red Skull. But it's not Hugo Weaving, um, so I have an ear for that shit. Um, but the other, the, what I was saying, the bad CGI, which really drove me crazy, was the Princess Leia at the very end. I did not think that looked like young Carrie Fisher. It just, it looked fake. It didn't. I mean, it was her voice because they just took, you know, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope, and they just used that hope for the final line. Right, but I look at that. I'm like, holy shit! I didn't know Princess Leia's eyes were that fucking huge. Um, yeah, I guess I. I'm sorry. I'm looking up Hugo Weaving for you. So real quick, he was born in Nigeria, believe it or not. Um, was he really? It, yeah, but it's an Australian colony of, of Nigeria, so he is Australian. You were right about that, but. And he right. he spent most of his time in in Sydney and New South Wales, um, but he was actually born in Nigeria. But his it seems like his family's Australian too. So you're you're not wrong, but, right? Um, Obviously, we we miss Steph above all right now because oh god yes, <laughs> I will. I am so looking forward to her being there full time because. I'm waiting for the episode where we're talking about some bullshit and you're just yell, Staff! Look this up! Fact <laughs> checker! Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm, look, jumping off topic completely from it. I am, because I didn't get to express, I am super excited for you guys uh, for this. I, I know it's going to be a Thank real you. test, because believe me, oh, it yeah. is. But uh, I think it's one you guys will survive. I really, truly do believe that. I think I'll take some adjustment, because that's life. But you'll be good, and I'm I'm really excited for you guys. So that'll be that'll be good. I, I mean, I'm nervous. We're both nervous, but we're definitely it's like a good nervous. It's good to be nervous sometimes. Yeah, and um, I, I see more positives coming out of it than negatives. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry end, about sure. it too much. Yeah. Um. But getting back to Rogue One, I yeah. I mean, I I think so. All right. So to touch on the the um. Leia stuff. She, while it was important because of what they tried to do connecting the two movies, it wasn't such a focus of the movie that I glad if they were gonna if the two choices for fucking one of them was Tarkin or her, I think it was good to fuck her up because Tarkin's more 
integral to the whole overall story of Rogue One than than the you know five minutes right. she's on screen to try to link the two movies. Not even try, but to link the two movies together. Yeah, Leia was a glorified cameo. Right, and it was great to see her. And and speaking of glorified cameos, Vader too. I mean, Vader, fuck, dude, but that's another one that like he. That was the scariest Vader's ever been in that hallway scene. Oh, it was the most badass. I don't know about scary, but certainly the most badass I've ever seen him outside of, outside of the suit. Because when he was when he was, um, Anakin, uh, Anakin as Hidden Christensen in Revenge of the Sith, fighting, um, uh, Jesus Christ, Obi Wan on the the volcano planet, he was pretty badass there too, as an as a villain. As a villain, but he, he also, uh, I mean, I've said this before, Hayden Christensen, his voice, it's, because I, yeah. I really do give a shit about voices. His voice is just, it just sounded whiny and, yeah, you know, you are a lot taker from me. Like, dude, calm down. Like, I know you're badass. And I know you're like evil and shit, but like, just stop talking. Less is fucking <laughs> more. Less is more. Um, no, but I get it. Um... But yeah, Vader was pretty badass, and, and like I said, you can literally turn off Rogue One and go right into A New Hope, and there's no break. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying that there's some chunks because Vader fights with such ferocity and seamlessness, and and you know he he fucking like uses the force to in a fucking dude up into the ceiling yeah. and then walks underneath him and slashes him in half as he passes by. And then you get to the next movie and he's just like poking his fucking lightsaber at Obi-Wan Kenobi, just two old fucking, you know, broken men just be like, eh, eh, eh. Well, whereas like, wait, hold on. If, if he fucking has the, like that fight, it was amazing, but it also kind of was like, all right, he must've been really fucking tired from that fight because he fights like shit with Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. Well, and and that's the problem because that's not so much anything except a a change in philosophy because I watched on the extras for the original six Star Wars, the, the Lucas trilogy, or Lucas, I don't know what the word is for six, but anyway, the Lucas series of movies. Saga. Saga. Um, thank you. He... He talks about at one point that it his from the end of Jedi, R- Return of the Jedi, to when they shot and made the prequels, he had a change of philosophy on what a lightsaber was in terms of the type of weapon it was. Like it in his original mind, it was the equivalent of like a broadsword from medieval England, so a big, heavy, hard, lumbersome weapon. Whereas by the time he, what's that? Like an Excalibur. Right, like an Excalibur. But by the time he got to the prequels, he realized that it was more of like a samurai sword with that kind of um, maneuverability. And and that's why you get the fighting style you get in the prequels and since. So what I think they did, take that philosophy into the end of Rogue One where they should have, while, while they were right that the lightsaber should be more of a samurai weapon type weapon, they should have kept the philosophy for that scene more to the way it was in A New Hope for consistency purposes or continuity purposes, you know? I can understand that. And, and from what I understand, the the martial art that's for the 
that they've adopted um, for the for the sequel trilogy is called Endo, and for the prequels, it was an it was a whole fucking multitude of different martial arts and sword fighting. Like there the um, stunt coordinator and fence uh, coordinator for the prequels, his name is uh, Nick Gillard, I think. Okay, and and he like said, okay, we just have to basically invent a new sword fighting. So kendo was the prominent um, staple, the the template for the lightsaber battles. And then there's a lot of twirling and shit because to go with what you're saying, Lucas argued like, well, these are Jedi and, and Sith in their prime, so they would be as trained as possible so they can maneuver and manipulate the fucking lightsabers as much as possible. And then when you get later, Obi-Wan's an old fucking man. And you could also argue maybe Obi-Wan is not fighting as hard as he wants because deep down, he really doesn't want to kill Darth Vader. Um, Well, yeah, Obi-Wan... Yeah, the Obi-Wan side of that fight, I would agree 100%, but the Vader side of it, which which connects more to Rogue One, is where the, the inconsistency is. You know, he should yeah. have been coming at Obi-Wan as badass as he was coming against those guys in that hallway. So I I agree with you that there's that, that disconnect. But, and, um, and in terms the, of inconsistencies, it's really the only one. The, the, right. the, you're right. The Rogue One to a, a, to a No Hope is very seamless. And, I mean, obviously with the exception of, like, video quality. Because, well, like, sure. Rogue One, the movie made for 20 and then A New Hope looks like it's from 1977. Well, well the other thing about the the video quality, if you will, though, is, you know, and I know you're not a big fan of Blu-ray, but with the cleanup he did for the Blu-ray editions, it is closer. I it's still There's still a discrepancy. I'm not going to sit here and you know, tell you it's oh, it's seamless and blah blah. No, 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 no. There is a there is a change, but he cleaned it enough, cleaned it up enough that it's closer. Do you know what I mean? Like it really is. The remaster cleaned it up nicely. I have to say, I'm one of the people, and we talked about and Star would Horse. Also- I was gonna say we talked about yep. Star Horse. So I'm not gonna you know deep dive into it again, but like I'm one of the few people that does not mind when he went in and made some of the changes that he made. You know what I mean? Like. I could care less about the Greedo who shot first thing. I really don't care. It's bad. It looks bad. Like, it wasn't well done, but I could care less about the who shot first part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that's going completely against our Lord and Savior, Kevin. But, you know. <laughs> I never really cared about the whole who shot first thing. Um, well, in terms of, look, I don't mind that Lucas cleaned it up and made it a little bit look more close to the prequels as well as the sequels and the spinoffs. What I didn't like was these drastic changes we did, and, and he did, and and we yeah, already covered that in Star Horse. We did, but um, for those who need to uh, listen, you can check out that episode, e- Star Horse, episode one, um, which is not how I meant it, but hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, so real I think quick- episode one is is our pilot. That's our Phantom Menace for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but getting back to Vader for a second, because I. I was watching, yeah. I went back and watched Solo and Rogue One again just recently to get ready for today to do this because I tried to be as fresh as possible. By the way, mm-hmm. I love the fact that my research for doing this show is watching movies that I already enjoy. So that's that's always fun. 
Um, which, well, like I said, you're going to have to do some research for movies that you don't enjoy. Like you still have to watch Halloween. So. Well, no, I that's on my list of things to do this week because we're ne- we're doing that this upcoming week. We're doing our Halloween special, um, which ugh. That's right. But anyway, um, that aside, I I went back and I watched <laughs> them and I listen. Tell me what you think, but I feel like Saw Guerrera was the. Uh, not even the alliance because he breaks off from the alliance, but he's like the rebel equivalent of Vader. Um, I he's definitely see machine. that. And he's mainly machine, and while he doesn't have the mask, and uh, we'll put it this way, he's Vader 1.0 because Vader's like the upgrade of what Saul would be because he has to because he even has to pull that mask off and breathe for a little bit, and he sound and they, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but the breathing sound when he has that oxygen mask on sounds very Vader like. Um, I definitely man, yeah, that, that's that's a good comparison because I didn't think of that. I mean, I definitely saw the like I, I when I saw it, I'm like, why is it that there's a lot of fucking people in Star Wars that can't breathe properly? What's up with that? <laughs> It's Vader, it's Grievous, it's fucking Sagarera. Um, well, they do kind of cover that, but not to the full um, extent of Sagarera's character in Rebels. Okay. Um, where Forrest Whitaker co- like voices the character in Rebels. Okay, I probably need I probably need to go watch some episodes of Rebels because Rebels is, Re- Rebels is great. I, I've heard nothing but good things. You've said good things previously. I've heard other people say good things. Kevin has said good things on episodes of yeah. of ba- Babylon and stuff. So, yeah, he, I do need to watch that. I'll tell you this, though. Do you remember the trailer for Rogue One? Yes. I felt like from the trailers before I saw the movie that there was going to be a lot more Forrest Whitaker in that movie. Like I felt like he was going to be a much bigger character than he ended up being. There's a scene, like, for example, there's a scene I remember from the trailer. I'd have to go watch it again because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Where he looks like he's standing in the rebel, um, um, like, hangar where they keep their ships. And there's an explosion behind him that you never get in the movie. That, And I'm talking about young Saul, like, not the beat-up one with the robot parts and the oxygen mask. I'm talking about the, the early Saul you see very early on when he's finding Jin in the cave and whatever. Like, I just felt like there was more of him supposed to be in the movie and something changed. Because didn't they do a lot of reshoots for Rogue One? They did a lot of reshoots, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the um, way... I- we have to. We'll talk about it after we're done Star Wars. But they they finished up the Infinity War, and we didn't get on that. We need. We probably yeah, should touch I, on that. I, I have my uh, a theory for the photo that they released. Did you see that photo? Uh the the thing that's like blue, big light thing. Glowing. Yeah, yeah, I I saw one thing where it was Thanos being arrested into a cop car, and that was the blue light on a cop car. That's one theory oh I my saw God. on. No, because they put it side by side with a, a a shot of from a comic book where Thanos is being arrested, put into a cop car. So in a book yeah. somewhere, he is arrested. I think it's uh, Adam Warlock's cocoon. Maybe I don't know. We'll we'll get into that. But anyway, that that yeah, aside, yeah. Um, how did I get that comparison? Where did I? <laughs> Marvel. I don't know. Oh, uh, the reshoots. Oh, oh, the reshoots. reshoots. So yeah. Uh, first off, I just gotta say, I like Forrest Whitaker as an actor. I do too, because he did an amazing job in Black Panther. Loved him in Black Panther. But he, I hated him in this movie. 
Okay, and I can see why. Because I wasn't a fan of his role in this either. And my question to you immediately is, is that a product of Forrest Whitaker or the script, the editing, or a combination of the three? It was, honestly, it was this weird, this, like, voice. Like, yeah. His, well, it's similar to this... the voice he had in Black Panther, though. I thought it was. when I, I, I remember thinking that today when I was watching Rogue One. Yeah. But that's, for some reason, that just, I mean, that just fit for Black Panther. No, it he's no, also totally did. Very, he's very, he's playing very drastic, different characters. Um, you know, oh, sure. In, I mean, in, in Rogue One, he is like, how do I compare it? He's like, did you ever see Apocalypse Now? No. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. No, I have not. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to give you that comparison. Um, he is like, he is that like, uh, vet who is, even though he does things with a good intention to save like the world and everything, he will always do what needs to be done. He's that guy. Like I have to kill this guy because it is the right thing to do. I'd rather kill this person and save the galaxy. You know, one, one equals a million, that kind of shit. Like it, it just, but honestly it was the voice. The voice, there's, there's this thing that actors do where if they don't know what to do with a voice, but they want to make it unique and memorable, they just make it raspy and kind of high-pitched. And well, Force Wicker falls in that. And and I would even say there's a difference between early um, oh, Christ, Saul and later Saul. So like the early yes. scenes when he's pulling her out of the cave weren't bad, It but it... He was meant to look like a lunatic by the end of that. By the end of that, now what I was he on was purpose, a fucking lunatic. Well, yeah, that's my point. Like he was a lunatic, and was that if that was by design? And maybe it kind of fit. You know, I don't know. Well, they 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 do cover that a little bit in Rebels, where like he's so war torn and so um just brought down from from the destruction that it kind of makes him snap a little bit. He's like. We have to do what needs to be done, even if no one likes it, in order to save. Like you know, it's like. But I mean, look, I understand that for the character. The character was fine, but the voice was just bothersome. It was just like there's this part where he says to Jen, "He's like, what will you become?" Like, dude. No, I hear you. Yeah, it was it was odd. It 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 didn't play well. They could have done it so much better, and they just didn't, unfortunately. You know, but I, I'll tell you what I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen him raising Jen. I'd like to see a good yeah. half hour of the movie of him, like abandoning her and like losing his fucking legs, oh, and you know why they couldn't get along, what happened between them, because it just it implies that he just fucking dumped her ass randomly. Yeah. Um that part really wasn't handled very well. I agree. There's definitely, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Rogue One's a perfect movie. There are definitely some giant holes in this movie. I mean, it, it has areas that really just don't make any sense, but there are, what it does do 
for me at least, and and you know I'm much more of a casual viewer than most people, is it links the two worlds together, meaning the prequels and this in a very enough of a way, I think. I think it bridges that gap better. It helps bridge that gap. Uh, you know what I mean? And and in I a way that Rebels probably does too, even though I haven't seen it. I Honestly, the, you beat me by a second. I was going to say, I think Rebels does it better than Rogue One because Rebels is still at the very, like, I think the Clone Wars had ended like maybe 15 years previously and Rebels is still set about 10 years, maybe 5 to 10 years before A New Hope. So it's more of a you get that middle ground right. bullshit because, like, the Jedi are still in secret, but they're still Jedi around. Well, and but from a cinematic perspective, um, whereas this one, you know, there are we know there are Jedi around, but you don't see them. Right, but from a cinematic perspective, do you know what I mean? Like, whereas with you know Rebels is TV, you know, slash Netflix, and I mean eventually it's all on Netflix. But you know what I'm getting at? Like the the if you're doing not only in theaters that's a it's a good bridge i think i can agree with that but look but before i even go any further i didn't really want rogue one it wasn't a movie that i really gave a shit about because when i first saw the when i first heard about it, i saw the trailer i was like i mean do we really need to know how the death star plans got to the rebels like is that really what we need it'd be like a whole thing about you know a whole movie about you know, uh, when uh, fucking what's-her-fuck, Mon Motha says, many Bothans died for this information in Return of the Jedi. Like, do we need to see that ragtag theme of fucking Bothans doing this mission? No, it just... See, and I knew it was gonna... But see, that's where you and I, I think, differ when we view movies in general. So let's, let's take a step further back for a second, because, like, I'm the kind of guy that likes to know... Like, I... I hate when movies end where there's like an open end. Like you can end the movie, but there's a whole lot of empty space of well, what happens after the fact, right? This right. this was like it, it's funny you put it the way you put it because I disagree a hundred percent about Rogue One, but I feel that way about Solo. I didn't need Solo. Now I'm not telling you it's bad or that I hate it or whatever, but I didn't need Solo. Like that's the one I didn't need. I could have cared less. About how he got to where right. he got. Do you know what I mean? The only thing that I ever cared about was how you, he got so in debt to Jabba. So if you had given which me, they which they don't which touch, they right? Right. So if you had given me like a ten minute, like you know how like um, Pixar does with you know the movies, they'll put like that ten minute thing in front of something, like in front of Toy Story Four, it'll be something completely non related that it's like seagulls or some bullshit. Do you know what oh, I'm talking the, the about? The short? Yeah. yeah, like a short. If they had done like a short that explained how he got in debt and to Jabba, you know, that would have been fine. Something you could have put in the beginning of or the end of Rogue One, like an after credit scene for fuck's sake. You know, it doesn't even have to be ten minutes. Like it could have been an after credit scene to just explain that. I think I I think they talked about doing an end of credits scene, but they decided against it because it didn't flow with the whole rest of the Star Wars movies. Well, sure. Um, and and I'm and, and, and I'm actually they grateful. They tried to differentiate with Marvel. They, were, right. they weren't like we're not doing the Marvel thing. And I'm and from that perspective, I'm perfectly okay with it because I agree. Do you want to have that separation? I'm fine with that. But I'm saying is. I didn't need a whole solo movie. 
Now, again, and we're going to get into the movie in a minute, but I'm not done with Rogue One, but we'll get into it. But I right. I didn't need Solo. Like, I, I could have lived without ever having that story. And then, now that we have the story that we have, eh. <laughs> like, that's really kind of how I feel. And we'll get into it, but that's kind of how I feel. Like, eh. You know, like... For me, for Rogue One, it just... I knew, like, every... Spoiler. I knew everyone was going to die. Because... Well, yeah. They talk about it in New Hope. No, they don't. Well, do they? Yeah, they say everyone... A lot of... It may not be the same as the Bantha's line, but there is something similar to people died to get us this information about... They talk about it when they get into that... uh, um, when they're doing the final briefing before the the attack on the Death Star, it comes up. Oh, on Yavin. Um, well, I could look here. My whole thing was it it gave Rogue One gave me things that I definitely wanted to see between three and four. Specifically, like one of my favorite parts was Krennic visiting Vader at his castle on Mustafar. Like Krennic. that's a fucked up thing to think about because. Vader is living on the planet where he lost his battle with Obi-Wan. I don't remember that. I, you know, to be fair, when I went back to watch Rogue One today, I didn't get through the whole thing before we started recording. I got to the part... When, Go ahead. What? It's, it's when Krennic goes to visit him, um, and like you see Anakin floating in the Bacta tank with like his arms missing, his legs missing, and then he comes out in full Vader robes and armor, and then he does the whole dad joke where he's like, don't choke on your ambition or whatever. Whatever the fuck Yeah, I I got to the part where Galen dies on Edu. This is where I had to stop. Well, well that was after that was I mean that was after. I'm talking about before where he he goes to Mustafar to Vader's fucking castle. And then I don't I don't You missed all you missed a fucking chapter. I think you're I, yeah. There was a whole part where he goes and he wa- he just wants to fucking bitch to Vader about how um, Moff Tarkin has taken the the credibility for the Death Star. I'm seriously about to pause the recording and turn that on because like I really don't ever remember seeing that. Honestly, I'd be fine with that. Pause it and, and watch that scene because like we'll be right back. <laughs> Intermission. Okay, so we're back from. Taking that pause, I did watch that scene, Enrico. Wow, I you know what? I got to be honest with you, man. I don't remember that before now. I'm not saying it didn't happen, See, but shit. No, it definitely happened. You just don't pay attention sometimes. <laughs> well, and this is why I tried to get through all of Rogue One before we started today. But for full disclosure to the rest of the world, I'm sick as a motherfucker. So I've been right. My goal was to watch all of Solo last night and Rogue One today, or both of them last night, and I didn't even make it through Solo last night. Not because I don't like it, but just because I was so fucking out of it, I fell asleep. So, so you see what I'm talking about, right? So that's that's his castle on Mustafar. So if you really break it down, it's it's where Vader was really born. Well, so true. It's- well, now I'd argue Vader was born. In um, in that in the emperor's um, what well, at the time chancellor's office in on Coruscant when he fucking puts uh, Sam Jackson out the window or whatever, or takes his arm off. And yeah, then, that's what he. Yeah. But that this would you know the 
the cutting off the uh, arms and legs and shit. That was the full transformation. Oh, yeah, well, sure. The, the full, Vader, yeah. Like... Well, from human so, Vader, because he called him Lord Vader before he actually ended up in the, the black robot suit. But yeah, I know what you're saying. What I'm saying is that if you look at it, this is where everything with the shit. This is where he finally cut off eyes and legs and arms with fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is the last time he saw Padme. Right. The last act that he saw his fucking wife, the mother of his twins, was him force choking her ass. I mean, her bro, but yeah, her ass too. So, you know, in, in sort of a... What? No, go ahead. I was going to bring up a separate point of something I thought of. But finish what you're saying first. It ju- it just kind of flows with the he he is a tragic villain because he knows what he did and he's overcome with grief and rage and he probably set himself up there at that at that Mustafar being his base so it's a constant reminder that he you know lost everything at the sake of turning the dark side right and. I mean that that probably I mean apart from the fucking dad joke he has that is my one of my favorite scenes. Um, just to see him in the back to tank, him vulnerable. We don't see Vader vulnerable that often. No, and know, even because he, even later in A New Hope, you see him without the helmet, but he's not in that tank. He's in his full Vader suit, just sans hat, sans helmet. Well, I think that's in. Um, I think it's an Empire. But anyway, but regardless, it's you know what I'm talking about. That when I, he's in that like, these are that compression chamber. That's yeah, where yeah. he can take off his helmet because the air is um, different. So he can actually breathe without the helmet for a couple, you know, for a little bit and relax. But like I've read like lore of of Vader and like behind the scenes, he is in constant discomfort, not just from the burns and everything, but also em- the Emperor. Uh, put him in that suit to limit him. You so, think so? Oh no, that's it's been it's been confirmed. Uh, he he the suit gives him extra strength, which is why he's able to pick people up with one fucking hand. Um, but he has the shoulder pads, which limit his mobility to raise his lightsaber all the way up to full force. So that that's why it's, to you know, your. That goes back to your complaint about the transition of the fight in the hallway versus the fight versus Obi-Wan. Right. So that's another inconsistency um, with with the armor as well. Even though they got the armor perfect, but as badass as that hallway scene was, it was too fluid for what Vader really should be. Right. Right. You know, what I was going to say was, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I... After I watched Solo this morning, or I watched part of it last night, and then, like I said, fell fell asleep on the couch, got up and went into my bed. And when I went into my bed, I put on A New Hope to fall asleep to mm-hmm. because it didn't matter so much for what we're going to talk about today. But what I, the reason I did that is I wanted to see Han Solo, A New Hope, versus the Han Solo from Solo and see how close it was. Right. And we'll get into that because I have some thoughts. But that aside, the one thing that made me bring all that up is that it in the parts that I watched, there's the part where they blow up Alderaan with the Death Star. And, mm-hmm. you know, Vader's supposed to be all-powerful and 
pretty much all-knowing. Wouldn't you say they give that kind of vibe off about him? And yet he had his daughter in his grasp, didn't even know it. Well, you also know that at the time, Leia wasn't supposed to be his daughter. Well, you, you don't know that if that's the first time you're seeing that movie, but if you're familiar with the lore, do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. Don't, it just, that feels disconnected. Um, aside from all I, the other I disconnections. I would say that maybe, my theory is maybe Obi-Wan and Yoda cut her off and masked her. Yeah, but at some point he figures it out when he's talking to Luke in Return of the Jedi. Remember? Because Luke betrays it. Okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, just a thing I noticed. It's not a big deal to what we're talking about tonight, but it was something I noticed. Um, I I don't know. I I like I said. I like Rogue One. Um, I'm gonna become very unpopular with listeners. I wasn't a huge fan of Chirrut Irway. Anyway, however you say his name. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, hold on, I have the thing up here, but the 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 blind because he's not a Jedi, at least from what I could tell, he's not technically a Jedi. He's a like protector of the Jedi. He's he refers to himself as a keeper of the wills, right? Which is what George Lucas originally titled the Jedi faction as, like they were the keeper of the wills. Um, he, my first impression was he came off like let's put it this way. He is not a priest as akin to a Jedi, but he's definitely a follower where he would be the... I mean, he came off kind of churchy for the Jedi Order. A little he came bit, off kind yeah. of like he would, he would He come off like he, like he would pass out a pamphlet. Like, do you know about the Force? The Force loves to. You should join the Force rank. Like, I'm well with the Force. The Force is with me. I'm well with the Force. The Force is with me. It just came off very Jehovah's Witnessy. Like, it yeah, really yeah, yeah. was... I mean, no, I, I did. I, I did like him more than his fucking homie, uh, Boz, whatever the fuck. Uh, really? See, I kind of liked that, him. Yeah, I, uh, he, he. I don't know. I don't. I think that relationship was really forced. I, I, I like the fact that there was a Jedi without being a Jedi. I also did expect that his like walking stick thing was going to be a lightsaber in secret, but it was a gun, which I was like, okay. They hey, took but- they took what I expected and twisted it. It felt like Daredevil in the Star Wars universe is really what it kind of felt like. And, yeah, <laughs> you know? Well, there's been blind Jedi characters in Star Wars okay. and before. I mean, right, but he's not a Jedi. A ter- like, that's the difference, he, I think. He, he's Jedi light. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. Light. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely... Um, there's a. Did you ever play the Force Unleashed games? Oh, I love that game. That was a great game. I played the first one. The second one wasn't so good, but the first one was really good. Like that game a lot. So do you do you remember that in that Jedi that Starkiller stumbles upon and they have this big fight and then his lightsaber, like they're they're blocking uh, their lightsabers against each other and then uh, Starkiller basically blinds the Jedi. Honestly. 
No, honestly, because I don't remember a lot. I remember the main character, and I remember that you could kind of decide which which way you were going, follow the light, follow the dark, and that you could change your, your lightsaber colors and stuff with, like, different kyber crystals. But that's the extent of what I remember. I do remember being a great game and enjoying it, but the details like that I don't remember. Right. Well, there was... Well, I, the only, that's the only reason why I brought it up. Well, actually, when we talk about Solo, remind me about The Force Unleashed, because there's a whole big thing about that. Okay. Um, well, why don't with, we start transitioning over actors. into Solo, because there's not no, 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 much... No, no, no. Hold on. Give, let's, let's, we got to give one more, a couple more minutes of Rogue One, because we really didn't talk about the cast. Um, about what? We we need to give uh, Felicity Jones as oh, yeah. the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felicity Jones... Like she was really good. I liked I liked her character. Um, I would have liked what I. My favorite thing about Rogue One is that it confused the fuck out of everybody who's not really super in paying attention to the Star Wars uh, chronology. So at work at the video room, I had customers coming up to be like, "Hey, where the fuck is Ray? Where the fuck is Finn?" What happened to Kylo? What's going on with this shit? I'm like, oh no, see, this is a spinoff. This is set between three and four. And I would have, like, every day someone would rent it, I'd have to explain the chronology. Like, there was just a lot of people who just didn't get it and didn't follow it. So, my favorite part about it was that everyone was thinking that Jin was going to be Ray's mother. And I'm right. like, or did you really? I heard that so theory. There was a lot of- I have heard that theory, even. Aside from, you know, I'd heard people saying yeah. that. I was like, when the fuck could that have happened? Luke was like on another fucking planet altogether. And I get, I mean, when people were like throwing that at me, I'm like, okay, one, I guarantee she dies because she ain't showing up again. Like there's, there's no way she could be Ray's mother with Luke because they never fucking meet. Right. Hell? That is, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just setting something up. That is Ingvid, Ingvild Delia, I guess is how you say that. That is the person who stood in for Leia on Rogue One that they put uh, Carrie Fisher's face on. I mean, I almost would have preferred they just showed her face just to make it like, you know, yeah. it I doesn't mean, have to look exactly like Carrie Fisher. She looks like enough like a young Carrie Fisher where it would have worked. Uh, yeah, well, they're not so much, but yeah, it's it, well, it's the hair. She's a very attractive woman, though. I'll <laughs> give her that. Yeah, there she is next to a storm stormtrooper. Uh, I almost wish they would have gone Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh, Billy Lord, who's actually in the sequel trilogy. Um, I would have. She looks enough like a young Carrie Fisher where it would have been possible. Actually, I got a friend who of mine who lives in L.A. who actually knows Billy Lord. Oh yeah, yeah. Can we get her on the show? Like when the whole Carrie Fisher. Oh fuck no! Um, when the whole Carrie Fisher thing uh, died, uh, when when Carrie Fisher died, not to mention um, her mother, like I hit up my friend. I'm like, you need to like contact Billy, make sure she's okay. Yeah, for like, real. She's not a friend, but she's definitely an acquaintance. No, I got. Like you. losing her grandmother and her mother, and like within a day of each other, is pretty fucking amazing. Well, I mean, not to get way. into a big thing but and i don't know if we've ever talked about this because it, it was before we met but my grandmother my great-grandmother my biological mom's side died within four days of each other this past january oh oh my god that's, yeah that's awful. yeah so 
it's I and it's so, funny, and I say funny in that ironic way, but I actually was thinking about Carrie Fisher and her mom when that happened. I was like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess that happens more than you think. But anyway, so um, so fucking uh, Felicity Jones, I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I thought uh, Maz Mikkelsen, which is the actual pronunciation. It's not Mads Mikkelsen. It's Maz. It's uh, Maz Mikkelsen. He. Like, yeah, he's a fucking actor, dude. And you know what's funny is Debbie was talking to me when we were watching it today, actually, that we're so used to seeing him as a villain. Because every role I've ever seen him in besides this one, he plays a villain. Now, I haven't seen him in everything he's ever been in, but, you know, the stuff I've seen him in, he was a villain because he's in, he's in Bond, um, Casino Royale, he's the villain. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the villain yeah. in Doctor Strange. Um, trying yeah. to think what else I've seen him in. I've got him right here. Hold on, let me pull him up. But he—he's a he villain. He is the current Hannibal Lecter. Oh, okay, see, I haven't seen. Hannibal, you know, look but... in terms of Hannibal Lecter, it is hard to top Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he does a good job. He does. He does his own interpretation, but he does a good job. Um, yeah, he's—he's—he's he's, he's a good. And actually, his brother. When you um, since you're on IMDb, look up his brother. In the um, in the trivia, because his brother does the voice of the fucking blue skin, red eyed fucking dude I was talking about earlier on Rebels. Okay, hold I on. Can, I'm got, yeah, I've got the Rebels. I had the Rebels thing up. Hold on, let me go back to that. Um, you said it's his brother because I can. Is it the same no, last name? It, Lars. There he is. Yeah, that's got to be so, Admiral Thrawn. It says Grand Admiral Thrawn. Excuse me. Let's give him yeah, the right. So, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, so that's um, Lars Mikkelsen. So you got the Mikkelsen brothers are both in Star Wars playing fucking differing roles. Well, and that goes back to what I'm saying about the difference between Rogue One and Solo is because, like, I really do just feel like Rogue One is a better movie overall. I'm not saying I don't like Solo because I'm not saying that, but if I had to rank them... It's Rogue One every time in terms of quality of film. Do you know what I'm saying? Quality of the picture. I would, I 100% agree with that, but I like Solo more because Solo was just... I had fun with it. I didn't well, right. have okay. any fun with Rogue One. And, and let's come back to... We can come back to the cast if we have to because I don't want to shortchange anybody, but like I feel like we keep dancing around Solo and I feel like we need to get into it. And, and I uh, agree with you. Solo gives you the feels, and I'm stealing that, I think, from Kevin. I think Kevin Smith said that, but I agree. Solo gives you the feels. It gives you the happiness that, okay, it's mm-hmm. Star Wars, it's it's action, it's adventure, it's shooting, it's flying, it's all that stuff. And you get that in Rogue One. I'm not saying you don't, but Rogue One feels more important. Solo is just so as I was saying earlier, kind of unnecessary. It's not needed. Rogue One isn't needed either, but it at least feels like... I feel like Solo, they're shoehorning into the the lore, whereas Rogue One fits in like a puzzle piece. May not be the piece you need, but it's there. Does that make sense? Solo... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solo was just a fan service. Is really what it was. Right. Solo was the film we wanted... Rogue One was the one needed. Oh, Marvel reference. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this cast of Solo. For number one, 
Alden Ehrenreich. Um, I, I, I gotta admit, I was number one on there being like, who the fuck is Alden Ehrenreich? He doesn't look like a young Harrison Ford. He looks like a young fucking Jack Nicholson. A little bit, yep. Um, and my whole theory on how Alden got the role. Do you want to know my theory? Yeah, please, because honestly, I'm, I'm. Can I just say this real quick, and then I'll shut up and hear your theory because I do want to hear it. But sure, I, sure. I don't want to discredit Alden because do I think he did a good job? Yes, with the role they gave him, I think he did a fine job. I'm not saying he did a bad job acting. This is not like Hayden Christensen where he kind of did a bad job. You know, Alden right. did a fine job. I don't think he was the right choice because he doesn't fit. That's my opinion. But that's not because he did a bad job. I don't think he fits what you're looking for. However, I have a theory that I will get into, but say what you want to say about how he got the role or what you were starting to say. He, his father was Steven, is or was Steven Spielberg's accountant. And all if the that's the only reason why friends, he got it, then that's really bad. No, no, no. Just bear with me. Bear with me. Okay, okay. Alden Ehrenreich is friends with Spielberg's daughter. That's still not making he, it any better. <laughs> like, perform. He, uh, there's a lot. Uh, my whole theory is there's a lot of favoritism. And Spielberg definitely had a huge influence, even though it's never been public. No right. one ever said Spielberg fucking recommended him for the role. This is my own theory, and so he did like a like a short video with Spielberg's daughter, where like they filmed the scene and it was performed at uh, Spielberg's daughter's bat mitzvah. And because Alden Ehrenreich is is Jewish, even though he's got the most fucking German name I've ever heard. Um, well, there were German Jews before World War Two, so let's be I, fair. I know, I know there were, <laughs> but just I, I think it's, it's the Reich part. Alden Aaron Rice. It's it's weird, yeah. I got gotcha. you. It, it it just kind of has a weird negative connotation. It does, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, nothing nothing against really him or or or, no. or Jewish people in general. My, I mean, my brother's a Jewish, and, and you know, I, I really try not to defend myself too much. Um, he just has a weird name, I guess, but I sort of why, so it, it works out. Um, so his father's was Spielberg's accountant. He knew Spielberg's daughter. They were, they were buddies and everything. And Spielberg has gone to record saying, I saw this thing, and then I had DreamWorks uh, contact him. I got him an agent. That's what he did. He, that's on Wikipedia. He admitted, he said, I got him an agent. And oh, then Alden fair. was getting little... That I mean, that was a nice thing to do. You know, exactly. sort of like a weird uncle help out. Um, and then, like, Alden was, like, getting small roles on, like, CSI or whatever the fuck. And then he was on Supernatural at one point. Like I'm not even in into like deep into Supernatural. Like he's in the first season. I remember watching. Like holy shit, that's Young Solo. This is before the movie came out. Two thousand five happened. Um, when he was on Supernatural, right? But I, I mean, it was the first season, so I saw it was. The, it was the only no, I'm just I just backing you up. Only started watching Supernatural a year ago, basically. Um, and then little by little, I mean, uh, Twix was a movie he did, and that was done by Coppola. And Coppola was the inspiration for Han Solo. So right. he's already working with big greats, probably with Spielberg's influence. Um, you know, he, he worked in Hail Caesar. He was actually one of the better things of Hail Caesar. I did not love that movie. I didn't see it. Um, 
it's a Coen Brothers movie, and it's like set in the forties, and he plays like a singing cowboy. And there's a part where he's eating spaghetti, and he makes a lasso of spaghetti and actually twirls it and like like does tricks with it. I mean, if that's the best part of that fucking movie, that's what should give you an idea of what the movie's really like. Right. I <laughs> I follow. Um, although Josh Brolin, as per fucking usual, is amazing in that film too. Um, no, I. So he. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. He's you know so he worked with Coppola. He worked with uh, the Coen Brothers. He knows Spielberg, and you know who also knows fucking Spielberg is Kathleen fucking Kennedy. Right, Kathleen well, Kennedy yeah. worked. We've talked about this before. She was like worked under him for years. That's how she sort of got into the business. She was an assistant, and then became a producer. She sort of failed up. So I guarantee Spielberg looked at the short list of actors and said, "Oh, you know, I know Alden. You should really check him out." There was another. My preferred preference. There's two guys. One of them is this, um, they're both impersonators and they're both actors. Number one is this guy named Anthony Ingruber. I-N-G-R-U-B-E-R. Ingruber. And he is like, he's from all over. He was like born in like Australia or some Belgium. No, no, the Philippines. He was born in the Philippines. This fucking dude, I, I saw years ago in like, early 2000s on YouTube. Oh, this wow. Fucking dude, dude, this yeah. dude was like hardcore, dude, does the best Harrison Ford impression I've ever seen. He does a really he good Joker, the- too. He He's in a video game does, I played, yeah. and he does a very good Joker. Yeah, I- yeah he does. The, he, and he, and in the YouTube videos, he does his differing Joker voices. He does the Nicholson because he does a spot-on Nicholson, like a with the uh, eyebrows and everything. He does the Nicholson, he does the Heath Ledger, he does the Mark Hamill. So for his Telltale Joker role, he sort of combined everything. He did it, like Mark Hamill yeah, Heath Ledger. It felt mainly um, Hamill, though. Did you play yeah. them or did you see it? Or I've, I played like the demo of the first one or something. It was released okay. on PS3 for free or some shit. He's, but I never he's, got... Yeah, he's more in the second one, The Enemy Within. Deb and I played them both. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a bigger role in that one. And I will tell you, it's very Hamill-like. It, you know, I see well, some of the other they, aspects that you're talking about, but it's... And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm just saying as a point of fact. It, he leans it. He leans that particular role towards Hamill's, like a, a Hamill homage. It felt like a Hamill homage. It didn't feel like a ripoff. It felt like an homage. I was really happy with it. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as deliberate as Troy Baker for yeah, um, because Troy Baker right, does right. the young Joker now, and it's very much as a copy of Mark Hamill. It's still impressive because yes. he sounds just like him, if not right. a little younger. It sounds like a younger Mark Hamill. But while you have it up, look look at that. Go down a little bit. Look at that movie, Age of Adeline. No, no, under, actually, just there's a photo right underneath it. Click that. This the second uh, one. This where she shows his photos. Oh no, above, well, up that one. Uh, well, that's the movie I'm talking about. Go to the, go to his photos, like yeah, that one. I think there's a lag. Click on that. I've been on that for a minute. Yeah. Okay. As that's William. him playing a young Harrison Ford yeah. character in Age of Adeline. The so only, Harrison Ford is is older. The only issue I have from this picture 
is his hair's too light, but that's an easy fix. You throw a little dye and you're good to go. So like that's easy. If you watch uh, his YouTube videos and plus the scene of Age of Adeline, he sounds exactly like Harrison Ford, and he looks like Harrison Ford. So, and he had actually auditioned, and the um, the original directors of Solo, um, um, Lord and Miller, they were definitely aware of this guy because there's a huge like the the, the community has spoken, the fans have spoken. They all want Anthony Gruber, and they're like, we don't really want this kid because he is just an impersonator. He's a talented actor, and he does a spot on Harrison Ford, but we don't want a direct copy. We want someone who delivers an interpretation of a young Han Solo without being a carbon copy. Similar to uh, River Phoenix in Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, the opening scene, because River Phoenix doesn't look or sound like Harrison Ford, but he gave off the nuances of a young Indiana Jones. Okay, and that's- from and that that's why I mentioned earlier wanting going back and watching a new hope last night after watching Solo and I, and that's why I went and did it. I wanted to see how well he did at at least getting the for lack of a better word fordisms. Do you know what I mean? Like how did he yeah. carry Solo backwards, I guess, is the word for it, the 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 phrase for it. And you know what, to his credit, more than I was willing to give him before I did the comparison, he did all right. He did carry a lot of the Han Solo, you know, there's some things that are off, but there are some things he's got pretty good spot on. And I, you know, again, I think he's a fine enough actor and I think he did a great job in the role and it was a fun fucking movie. But like, to your point, I would have preferred someone like this who who visually fit the role better than than Alden Reich did. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think... I think Alden did a. I, I agree with you. I think he did a. I think he did a great enough job, where you actually kind of. You're. I mean, for me, I was ready to hate him, and then he won me over, and then I just sort yeah. of. I didn't have to look at be like, this is not on Solo. This is young Solo. We all grow up, and we all look different over the course of our of whatever. Sure, but see, um, okay, and, are, and that. Well, I'm sorry, Rico. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that takes me to a point that I wanted to talk about at some point. It's like I. It's really, to me, kind of unclear where the movie fits in the lore because if it bumps right up against or congruent with Rogue One, yeah, there's it, I, there's a huge age gap jump between Alden and Harrison that I really have a problem with. You know what? You know what really makes it more confusing for me? What's that? It, Rogue One, let's say, is within two days. Of a new hope, right? I'll even say a week, but sure, okay. Within a week, solo, you would be led to believe is five to ten, maybe fifteen years, right? Before, yeah, absolutely. Before, the only thing that just that fucks that up is there's a part in solo uh, towards the end when they're with um, the like the the pre rebels. Remember that that uh, bounty hunter, little, like freckled girl. Is that who's, who like, that's supposed to like be? A, uh, what's yeah, no, name? No. Is that who that's supposed to be? Like the the like you said, the pre rebels. Yeah, those the you know those, that's the speakers they say like this is you know this you know what this uh, is worth. This is the spark. This is like the spark of a rebellion. So like they're the pre rebels. The only. 
saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. The thing that throws me off is there is they say, well, what's worse than Crimson Dawn? And then she, there's an older mute woman, because they cut out their tongues. There's an older mute woman who, in like dirt on a piece of glass, circles the Death Star. Yeah. Now was the Death Star no, shouldn't exist. I don't think that's what that was. Honestly, Rico, I I know where you're going, and I have to stop you because I disagree. I think I know what that was supposed to be. That was supposed to be the the logo or the symbol for Red Dawn, that tattoo or brand that what's her name had on her wrist. That's what that was supposed to be. I don't think that was supposed to be the Death Star. I see where you get it, so I'm not giving you no. shit. But I think that was the Red Dawn logo. I really, truly do. No. I was... Uh, I'm going to look... I don't remember if there was a Red Dawn logo. There was, because she's got... It, it what's her face? Like the Death Star because it was a big circle. I'm going to try to find it, because What's-Her-Face has it tattooed or branded on her arm. Um, the the His girlfriend, What's-Her-Face, uh, Kira. Who, by the way, Amelia Clark killed that role. I liked her a lot in that role. I liked her a lot in Terminator Genesis, which is where the first time I saw her. Which is not a great movie, but she did a great job as Sarah Connor. Okay, you might be right because I didn't really. So if you can see on my screen, is it coming up? Yeah, I see it fine. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I think she was drawing. Okay. Yeah. But it looks like the Death Star. It looks like the Death Star logo. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, it can be argued for that. So I can't. That's why I'm saying I don't think. I wasn't like flat out just saying you're you're wrong because I can see where you get that and I can see that maybe that is the inspiration for what becomes a Death Star. Who knows? But yeah, I I think she was drawing the Red Dawn logo. I don't think at least at the time she's drawing what you're talking about. It is meant to be that, not the Death, not to represent the actual Death Star. Do you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. I that was but just there's two things that throw me off um, about the movie because the movie does have its clunks. You could definitely feel like oh. it was a Ron Howard film as well as uh, Lord and Miller. Film. Um, yeah. I got to give credit to Ron Howard, man. He had a big fucking task ahead of him and he did a great job for, as, oh, yeah. for all the bullshit he had to endure. He did a good fucking movie for, no, well, that's for, what for I keep taking saying. over for like a real trouble production. Right, and that's what I keep saying. The movie is a fine enough movie. There's nothing wrong with the movie, really, except that they call it a, a Star Wars movie. If this was a space caper movie, and these characters were called something completely different, and the ship was not the Millennium Falcon, it'd be a fine fucking movie. We wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any complaints about it. My complaints about it are that it's supposed to be a Star Wars movie, and I, there are huge... Things that don't feel very Star Wars about it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Not really, because it did feel like a Star Wars film to me. It, it, it seemed like if Rogue One has the darkness and sadness of a Star Wars movie, this one definitely had the lightness and, and fun. You know, okay. it, it, 
I think they're just both different sides of a of a Star Wars coin. You know, this was the That's fair. heads part, and Rogue One was the tail. That's fair. I could I could see that. But for back to Alden, he does a thing where he's really trying to capture the Fordisms. He does the smirk. He does the cockiness. The voice, unfortunately, is really more light than Ford's um, timber. Yeah, I, but there's I this agree. One, there's this one shot. There's this one shot. Plus, he's like four or five inches shorter than Harrison Ford. Yep. Like Harrison Ford's six one, six two. Alden Eric, Alden Ehrenreich is five nine. So, like, there. But you, he just looks small. I mean, I don't know. But, but there's this part where he it really sticks out for me, where he's talking to Kira um, in the Falcon, and she's putting on the capes. Do you remember this? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yep. And and Alden, well, young Solo is leaning up against the door frame, talking to her, and then she moves, and then he switches and leans on the other side. So he's leaning on one side of the door frame and then leans on the other side. It just seemed very forced. And I know I'm nitpicking, but it seems like lean on one side, don't be like leaning, and then lean on the other side. It just, it was like, oh, well, you know, Han Solo leans against door frames. Well, he doesn't fucking, like, that's not the only way he stands on a door frame. I don't know. Right. It just, no, I, it just I, threw I hear me. I, and okay, so just to confirm, since Steph's not here, <laughs> um, Harrison Ford is six one, and Alden Ehrenreich is, as you said, five nine. So that's a that's a yeah. four inch discrepancy, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think they also cast Amelia Clark to look because she's five two. Yeah, but I take. liked her. So I liked her too. Um. I'm curious how they're going to implement her in, in later films, if they'll make later films. Well, yeah. I, I also, I, I, when I rewatched it last night, I think Alden Ehrenreich is a huge fan of Game of Thrones because every time he kissed her, it really seemed like he lunged into her face because she always looks like she's just caught off guard whenever he like <laughs> kisses her. He's like, I love you, Sinera, so fucking much. You're the mother of dragons. <laughs> Just, just like basically headbutts her with his fucking lips. It's really, really kind of funny. If you rewatch that, he is full force in the kissing, and you yeah. kind of see her kind of like react, like "Oh shit!" Um, but she was good. Um, I honestly, going into a solo movie, I didn't expect that one of my favorite characters was going to be Lando. Which, by the way, you would talk like, about how different Alden Ehrenreich is from Harrison Ford. Donald Glover fucking hit that almost spot on. Dude, he was amazing. Like, almost a, he doesn't yeah. look exactly like Billy D. Williams, like especially in the eyes. Like he's got more narrow eyes. Right. I mean, I and I'll tell you though <laughs> that he, like the voice. When I first saw that, I honestly thought that they had Lando overvoice um, Donald Glover's acting. You know, like that's how yeah, close he got. It the voice. Almost, oh man, dude, he nailed that shit. I don't know if it's him being like a comedian or him being a, a rapper, but he nailed that fucking voice. Like because he actually has done impressions on some of the stand-up. Like he does a really good Chris Rock. 
Okay. And Chris Rock is hard to imitate. Eh. And he just... I mean, I can't no, do it, but I've, I've seen can't. a lot of people do it. So that's why I... I can't do it. I mean, I can't do it. I've tried many, many times. It's just... It's such a weird... But he just nailed it. He nailed Billy D. Williams. And it's the... And he was just charming and cool and, and, and sexy. Like, he was kind of the prince, like the artist formerly known as Prince in Star Wars. He was just cool and ooze sexuality and charm and the capes and the flamboyant costumes. and Which brings us to the little fucking part about how he totally fucked that droid. Like, they totally fucked. <laughs> Did they actually say that? Uh, they definitely alluded to it because, like, at one point, Amelia Clark's character says, like, how would that work? About like their romance, and L three stops for a second and just like kind of says it works. Like, yeah, but I, I right. didn't take that from a physical perspective. I took it as a, a, a an emotional perspective. I mean, I don't think Lando wouldn't try. I oh, think well, they definitely sure. tried. Yeah, and and a lot of people really kind of like. There was a little bit of controversy about how. Lando was like super pansexual in this and like well, yeah. in love with a fucking droid. I'm like, I was like, what are you guys fucking arguing? About? What are you guys bitching about? Like, you're telling me there's no such thing as a sex robot in fucking Star Wars? We have <laughs> sex robots on Earth. Like, right, right. And I know you behind the scenes. You may have changed your opinion, but I know, like, when, when, you, when you first talked about Solo, you were not feeling L3. You were not feeling that. I'm still not, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm not, I might have been a little harsh the first time we talked about it. I'm not going to get into the specifics. I I just didn't see the need for it. I felt forced and unnecessary really is where I had my issue with it. You know, I, this solo did something super deep cuts that even I had to like find out about. Okay. L3, as we know, dies. But her, what, her memory chip or her... Her spirit, for lack of a better word. I mean, that's fine. You could say, I mean, it's a robot, so I mean, yeah. But you could say her spe- her essence is now... Her circuit. Yeah. Her, her whatever the fuck is programmed into the Millennium Falcon. So then she is essentially the Millennium Falcon's brain, right? Right. In the holiday special, the oh, fucking... In, like, if so... If Solo is regarded as the black sheep, then fucking they have not seen the holiday special. The holiday <laughs> special is by far the most acid trip fucking Star Wars anything ever. And that includes the Clone Wars movie that was like a like a sequel, like spinoff of the Clone Wars show. Like that is really fucking bad. But anyways, in the holiday special, C3PO at one point says you know, that he's been talking to the Millennium Falcon's computer and it's very rude. Oh. So that's like hardcore deep cuts. Yeah. Where even I was like, I had to do trivia and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't know who wrote that. It may have been, um, it may have been the Kazans who like remembered that shit, but like, that is like, that is so deep cuts. It was like through a lightsaber. That was fucking amazing. All right, so we talked about some of the heroes. Let's talk about some of the fucking villains. Okay. Uh, first off, Paul Bettany. 
Like, Paul Bettany can play a fucking villain. And in some aspects, I could see the critics saying, like, his villain was kind of one-dimensional. Just a very one-off, one-rote villain. Just play, well, basically playing a mob boss sort of, sort of thing. And to be fair, and we'll get into the details of this later, but he was really kind of like an in-between to the real villain, if you ask me. Like, I don't feel like he was... While he was the primary on-screen villain, I don't feel like... I felt like he was a mouthpiece yeah. to the actual villain, and we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. He was the Luca Brazzi to the fucking Don Corleone. He was definitely... Well, I would have gone more... Um, oh, shit, the lawyer that... Um, the Tom non- Hagen? What's that? Tom Hagen? Yeah, he was more the Hagen than the Luca Brazzi. He, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't see... Tom Hagen wouldn't have fucking done any action. He, I mean, he was... I wouldn't call well, he's, Paul he's still more than, which is the word you're looking for. Okay, uh, you know what? He was sunny. Well, there you go. We'll compromise. He was more sunny than Luca. There Brasi. you go. I'll agree. I will, I will definitely agree with that. He was the sunny of of the Crimson Dot. That's a really good comparison. Because um, he, he had he had anger management issues, just like Sunny does. He had, the, yeah, he had the temper, but he also had charm. Like Paul Bettany is an actor who, even when he, like, remember him in fucking um, The Da Vinci Code? Yep, yep. That was like, weird. He's terrifying yeah. in that. Very, yeah. He's terrifying in that movie, but he also kind of, he's polite in a in a ruthless, evil kind of way. And he does that as Dryden Voss. And um, I, will, I will say real is, quick that just two seconds that, despite whatever's going to happen in, in Avengers 4, the fact that they gave him some screen time as Vision, not all make up out as himself, I thought was pretty cool. I agree. And it's, we- it's, it's weird because uh, he's got two connections to these two Star Wars. He's got, obviously, Disney as, right. as Vision right. for Marvel. Sure. And he's also worked with Ron Howard like on a bunch of da Vinci times. Codes. Oh, and well, that's the only one I know. What's the other one? A Beautiful Mind. Oh right, right. Because he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good in that movie too. Um, I, I've liked Paul Bettany in just about everything I've seen him in. The only thing I didn't necessarily like him in was the Da Vinci Code, but that's because you weren't supposed to like the character. He did an amazing job, right. so I'm not yeah. discrediting that. But it's the only role I didn't like of his, I guess. But that was because you weren't supposed to, you know. He plays a lot of roles where he deals with religion, but he's like a devout atheist. Like Is in the Da Vinci really? Code, he's a hard. Oh yeah, he's a hardcore Catholic. And then in uh, he plays priest in the movie Priest. I didn't see that one. Yeah, uh, it's it's awful, but he's he's good in it. But it's an awful film. Um. And he also played um, uh, Darwin. When? So he, he, it was a movie about Charles Darwin. Okay. Like five, six years The first time I ever saw him is when he played Jeffrey Chaucer in A Knight's Tale. That's the first time I ever saw Paul Bettany. Oh, God. He was so good in that. I completely I, forgot about that. Yeah, I fucking love that one. God, he was great in that. Fuck, he was definitely one of the best parts of it. I mean, the movie... Got a lot of shit, but he was definitely one of the best parts. Of I love the Knight's Tale. It's not. I'm not going to say you're telling it's some great cinema, but it's a fun fucking movie. That's a fun fucking it's movie. So fucking fun. And you want to get Star Wars about it? That let's tie it back. Probably... You get Alan Tudyk, K2SO from Rogue One. 
You get Alan Tudyk. Uh, you also there's someone else is some, No, I'm thinking Game of Thrones. Well, sorry, that was a whole other thing. I was That's trying right. to. Well, he's Mark Addy who plays the the heavy set guy. He's on Game of Thrones, which also has Amelia Clark, who's in Solo. So oh, is she in Game of Thrones goes, too? The only thing I know her from is that Terminator movie that I mentioned earlier. So. Oh, dude, she is like one of the main characters. She she plays the blonde dragon queen in Game of Thrones. That's really. Yeah, that's Amelia Clark. Okay, dude, she is naked a lot in that show. I might need to start watching that show. <laughs> I mean, she even said she's going to stop being naked uh, in the later seasons because it got really uncomfortable for her to watch it with her parents. Sure. Which. Her her on screen husband is Aquaman. There's like a lot of comic book connections and Game of Thrones and Star Wars all rolled up in the one. So much so that the creators of Game of Thrones are going to do their own Star Wars spin off uh, trilogy. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, which that could be fucking amazing because they can put that in any time slot. That could be like. Era Knights of the Old Republic. That could be two thousand fucking years before Yoda even thought of. That's what they should do. They should do the Knights of the Republic era. That would be awesome. Or at least take inspiration. They should just do the Game of Thrones of Star Wars without all the fucking beheadings and rape and incest and zombies and dragons. Right, right. I mean, Star Wars already has enough fucking incest. I mean, Luke and Leia. Um, Well, wait a minute. They never. I don't know, man. I think that's how Kylo Ren was fucking born, personally. No. Oh, we already know I'm who joking. Was okay, 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 okay. By the way, I discovered Harrison Ford's son is also named Ben. Really? That's neat. Maybe yeah. that's why they named him Ben. Like, and, it tie, and since it tied in, they, they went with it. Maybe that's... Which makes me all tickled up, like, when Harrison... When uh, uh, Han Solo yells... Ben at Kylo Ren right before his death scene in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Maybe he watched that with his son and his son just looked at him and be like, I've heard that shit before. Like, Ben! Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, yeah, she she's Daenerys Targaryen. She's the mother of dragons. Yeah, I see uh, that. Dude, you really, got, you really have got to start watching it. It's so fucking good. She kind of comes off a little screechy. Uh, a lot of the earlier seasons because she's always screaming, where are my dragons? Like, bitch, calm down. You'll get your fucking dragons. Like, just take it easy. <laughs> uh, but it's really weird to see, like, Aquaman rape her in the, like, first couple episodes. Yeah, we like, watched Justice League the other day again, and I'm... Eh, eh. I mean, yeah. So, they're, they're uh, back, to Cable. What's back to Dryden Voss. Back to Dryden Voss. So... He was good. I liked his little fucking lightsaber dagger things. Those were fucking unique. Here's the thing I didn't understand about that character, and I wanted to ask you about this, so maybe you can you can help me with this. He has these scars or whatever on his face, and maybe his hands, but definitely his face, that when he gets enraged, seem to, like, open up. El Todos Hablamos McDonald's deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice McNugget, mijo, y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita, ¿sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. 
Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. They don't bleed, but they like open up and get more intense. Do you know what I don't think those about? are scars. I think those are veins. I think it's, I don't is that think what that human. is? Okay. I All think right. those are veins. Well, because there's a sense. part when he when he dies, his eyes glow like a like a nanosecond. Oh, really? I have to watch that again. I've seen the scene, but yeah. Which, by the way, I totally saw that shit happening. Like as soon as like his blade, see, was, look, lightsaber blade thing was. Not to cut you off, but see, there's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's not human. Like he's, he, he, well, we have to give a we have to give credit to the fact that he wasn't the original actor. Uh, to play the villain. The vi the villain, Dryden Voss, was originally played by some other actor, and he was like an alien. Like he was an actual like monster looking alien thing. And then uh, because of there was a bunch of reshoots, obviously, he couldn't come back because he had to do he was already in the middle of another project. So okay. that's how fucking um Chaucer fucking got the uh goddamn role. Paul Bettany, yeah. It, it was really just a favor for Ron Howard, and I'm sure Disney was like, hey, I know we just killed you as Vision. Here's one more movie. You know? Well, that's assuming um, Vision stays dead. Dude, I don't... I heard fucking Marvel might do a five-year time jump. What, from three to four? Yeah. Like, it'll be... It'll start out five years in, in the future, and how, like, the world is recovering from that shit. Wow. That'd be interesting. That's the rumor. Um, so let's let's go back to the big bad, the big yeah. plot, the big fucking reveal. The not to the not the big equivalent of Luke, I am your father, but no, no one was expecting this shit. Yeah, yeah, but it's you're right. It's certainly not Luke, I'm your father. That's definitely not what it is. But of all the fucking things to ever like expect, Darth Maul not being one of them. I never, whoever would have. I, I had heard rumors, but they kept Ray Park under wraps. He never fucking like. To be fair, he probably filmed his scene in a fucking sound studio with like just Ron Howard by himself, like manning the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, here's the yeah. thing. But like, see, this goes back to my conversation with you about the timeline because him being in the movie really makes it difficult for me to figure out where he is or where it is because okay let's try to do the math real quick when he gets cut in half at the end of the Phantom Menace spoilers that's gotta be what 25 to 30 years before that or okay so 20, I'll, I'll, least... give you the, I'll give you the uh, the dates oh there's actual so let's, dates let's use that's... Anakin Skywalker there's dates but I don't have the actual dates in front of me, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the idea. So let's use Anakin Skywalker's age as a but template. Okay? That's what I was so doing. So Phantom Menace, yeah. Anakin Skywalker. So he's, he's nine. Is he nine? Day. Okay. So he's nine. He's nine when he gets cut in half because that movie only takes place over the course of what? Maybe three weeks at most. Would you agree? If, if that. If that. If that. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. There's not so a then lot of time. Attack of the Clones is 10 years. Right. So then he's, what, 19, right? Maybe 20? Yes. Let's, let's say 20 just to give him a little bit of cushion. Yeah. 20? Okay. 
And then Revenge of the Sith is what? A, a year or two later? Three years? Okay, three. three years later. So now he's 23. Then... So wait, 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 before you before you then, and I want to hear the then, but we're already talking 14 years since he was cut in half. Right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so then, then you get to Rebels. So to give you the backstory, Darth Maul comes back in the Clone Wars show and in Rebels. Okay, okay. In Clone Wars, he it was revealed that he has survived the bisection and had lost his fucking mind. Like, got, went crazy. Like, nuts. And he, I got you, yeah. Like, fucking nuttier than squirrel shit. And he... <laughs> he attaches his torso to, like, a weird... Like, he's living in a junkyard, and he's attached it to, like, a platform where it's literally a spider robot-like thing. So, like, he is the torso amid, um, like, eight legs or, so, or like, six legs. So, wait. So he's essentially quick, a Darth Maul spider. Did you see Wild Wild West with, with um, Will Smith and David Klein or whatever his name is? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when... Kevin Klein. When, uh, oh, Kevin, thank you, yeah. When um, What's-His-Face, Loveless, comes off the chair and he grows the fucking... Le- is that basically... Okay. It's or, basically that, but, like... But with junk uh, parts. Okay. Okay. And it looks more like spider-ish. Like I, it's, a, it's a good comparison, but it's like it looks more like a, like he's a, oh, so, like a red angry tarantula. Wait, did you see um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah. Hava Kavula. Um, uh, Bless him. John <laughs> John Malkovich is his character when he walks across the table with the little fucking spider legs. Is that? Closer? Uh, it, it's closer to Loveless, honestly. Okay, all right, fair enough. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just trying to get a visual in my head. Go ahead. So, Darth Maul's brother, Savage Oppress. Just think, like, weightlifter know, Darth I, Maul. No, I know the character because he's in that Galaxy of Heroes Star Wars game that we both play. Right. I, I know the character. Go ahead. So, well, for, for the listeners, just oh, think yeah. Darth Maul, but yellow, with the same, to- the same horns and the tattoos. But like beefier, like he's a big, like Schwarzenegger yeah. and Maul and yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has been tracked. He's been trying to find Maul forever, and he like stumbles upon him at this junkyard planet, like like Jakku, but like an actual dumpster. Like it's like a whole like dump, like the trash planet from the Transformers animated movie. Uh, sure, I <laughs> I didn't see that, but sure. oh, you should. It's good. So. He finds Maul, who's insane. He takes him to their planet, Dathomir, which Maul says in Solo. Right. He says, he says, you will join me on Dathomir. So they go to their mother, who is named Mother Talzin, who's also in the fucking uh, uh, game that we play. Yep. Which, by the way, that's a fucking great game. If you guys were interested in a really good Star Wars game that you can play on your phone, that's a fucking great game. Yeah, I fell off it recently. Um, I have to get back in. So, Rico, I'm, still, a- I'm still uh, judging through it. They go to Dathomir, and their mother is like a witch or something. And if she... It's, if it's the character from the game, yeah, she's kind of a witch, but isn't she part of a Nightsiders too? Or something? She's Night Sisters. Night Sister, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So Maul and Savage Press are Zabrax, 
That's a species from Dathomir, and they're also part of the Night Sister clan. So, I mean, they could be called Night Brothers, but really, that's that's like right. the clan they're from. Right, right, right. And um, so she like does some spell where she takes all the sort of insanity out of his brain and like cleans it up, so he's just back to Maul like from the first movie, right. and then basically um, through witchcraft and blah 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 makes him some fucking cybernetic grievous type legs, which is what we see right. in Solo. Right. So that's set during the Clone Wars. So that's what Maul is doing. All right. So wait, that's Clone Wars or Rebels? That's Clone Wars. Okay. Because he's like in the fourth season on or something in Clone Wars where he and Savage are like, fighting Obi-Wan and the rest of the fucking Jedi's and shit. Like he comes back with a full force and anger and shit. And then I, I didn't, I don't, I've always saw a clip of it. I didn't, I didn't finish Clone Wars, but like they bumped into uh, Sidious and he takes them both on and kills Savage Opress and then like, like fucks up Maul, but doesn't kill him. And then there's this huge gap. We don't know what happens to him from there to Rebels, because then he shows up in Rebels older, but still like a vicious fighter. And he, the whole reason why I'm bringing this up, there's a part uh, earlier in the episode we were talking about where I said Force Unleashed. The actor who plays Starkiller, the main character, Sam Witwer, so he does the voice of Maul in Rebels, and he's really good. So in Solo, the actor is Ray Park, the original Darth Maul. But the voice is Sam Witwer from Rebels. So it's like the two most not- noteworthy voice act- uh, actors now because they didn't bring back uh, Peter Serafikowicz from The Phantom Menace. Uh, they brought back... So it's just sort of weird, interesting tie-in where they're really trying to... Solo, they're trying to connect everybody. They're trying to connect Maul from the prequels as well as Rebels. They're really trying to... And in some ways, I can understand how Solo just seemed like everything was smushed into it. Uh, it it's definitely seemed like a lot of, we don't know if we're going to make a sequel, so let's put everything in one movie. And I, and I agree. I see that. Okay. So for the timeline, back to what we're talking about, Rebels is set about five years before A New Hope. That's more or less the what they have given us, which means the Death Star is still under construction, which, but it hasn't been built, and, and the Empire doesn't, I'm sorry, the uh, Rebels don't know it exists, but it's the beginning of the Rebel Alliance forming, you know, fucking Leia's in the show Rebels, um, fucking uh, her adopted dad, I'm blanking on his fucking name, um, uh, Bail Organa, yeah. voiced by Jimmy Smith, he actually shows up, um, so I think Solo is set obviously before Rogue One, but it's after Rebels is no. Yeah, it's no, it's before Rebels because spoiler, Darth Maul dies in Rebels. Like there's this really amazing scene where he goes to Tatooine to hunt down Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan fucks him up in a really like five second battle. Like, you can tell Obi-Wan had been, like, determined, like, we're, we're not dragging the shit out like we did before. So, so I would say Solo... Basically, at the end of the day, there is no timeline. It just... 
<laughs> That's sort of kind of what it feels like. Solo is like two and a half years uh, before A New Hope is really how I look at it, which really which, is fucked up because Han Solo is like, what, 30 in A New Hope, and then he looks like he's 21, 25. 22. I would have said 25, so... Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. There's there's gaps in that. There is some gaps. Um, because it's also led to believe, like, at the end, it's him saying, oh, yeah, I heard about this, ba- uh, this big, this really big uh, crime lord, alluding to Jabba the Hutt, on Tatooine. So that's sort of how he gets his debt. You can imply that he does a couple missions for Jabba the Hutt that are successful and then fucks up a couple times and develops a debt with Jabba the Hutt before A New Hope, which is why Greedo comes after him. Right. I also would like to point out, man, Han Solo, for having like a huge love for Kira, like that's his first love and he does everything for her to try and get her back. He wants to fucking go back to Corellia. Um, after he, you know, gets kicked out of the fucking Imperial uh, Navy or Army or whatever the fuck he does. He gave up on her pretty quickly for Leia, didn't he? Well, see, that settles a whole, that sets up a whole new set of questions. How much time takes place between A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi? Because three there could be... An- three years and three years. Okay, but that's not real quickly. Then, if you think about it, because he doesn't say he loves her at the end of New Hope, he says it by the end of Empire. So that's three years of spending time with her. You could fall in love with somebody in three years. That's true. You know what I mean? I just like if if when he met her in the prison on that on the Death Star and said, "Oh, I love you." Yeah, I'd agree with you. That's pretty quick fl- turnaround. But that would just be creepy. Very creepy. But um, it also would be it would be the kind of turnaround you're talking about, or or better yet, if a new hope literally, if if Solo fed into a new hope like Rogue One does, do you know what I mean? Then I could see where you're coming from. But if there's, if if we're saying there's roughly a five year gap between Solo and a new hope, and another three years between a new hope and Empire. That's eight years to get over her. That's that's more than reasonable, you know? I will say he definitely has a type. He loved like you could see Kira as a Yeah. For, Absolutely. For Han Solo's interpretation. She they're very, they're similar. Whereas Leia is definitely like she'll fucking shoot people. Like she'll she'll be a strong fighter, but she still leans towards the light. Whereas Kira would be like the darker interpretation of Leia. Here here's the biggest at the end of Solo He's still very upbeat and, you know... He's, he's not as cynical. Right, and he's very cynical when you next see him in A New Hope. There's a whole lot yeah. of what the fuck in between, you know? Yeah. So even if it's five years, a lot happened in the five years that's not covered, you know? I here, Here's here's what I'll say, right. and I think it's a good way to wrap up Solo and maybe the whole episode. I felt like they were... St- they were so forced to get to the Kessel Run. Like, they were so determined to get to the Kessel Run and show the Kessel Run that it, the rest of, like, the, the arc of Han Solo didn't really matter. Like, that was their goal. 
they said, okay, we're going to make, like, let's, well before shooting started, well before anything else, they said, okay, we're going to make a Han Solo movie, and the key focus is going to be the Kessel Run. Everything else is, how do we get there? Do you know what I mean? Like, that was it. I think in both ways, they layered little bits of who Han becomes. Like, him shooting Beckett is the origin of him shooting first, you know? Han yeah. always shoots first, blah, 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 blah. Okay, wait. Let me take back my, my statement. Not all of it, but there were two things. How he meets Chewie and the Castle Run. That's the only two things they really cared about. You know what I mean? And then you shoehorn the rest in. I got to admit, I actually really fucking enjoyed that introduction to Chewie. I, I did, too. There's a lot of people that are talking shit about it because, okay, so apparently he speaks Wookiee and he never does. Like, well, I mean, you had to have kind of assumed that at some point. I mean, I don't know. I'm saying there are people, you know, talking crap about the fact that he never speaks to he never speaks to him in his language. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think Chewie at that moment was hungry and full of rage and wasn't listening to what Han was saying. And Han had to snap him out of it by speaking in fucking. Oh, there's an actual fucking uh, term. It's like called well, Tukawuk or something like that. I don't know. The planet's called Kashyyyk, so my my vote would have been Kashyyyking, but I mean, I guess that's not it. <laughs> no, it's it something oh, I like... It. I got it, but anyway, Yo. you know... Yeah, I got it. Um, the other thing that I felt, felt like... Uh, the other thing the internet complains a lot about is um, the dice. Yeah, you you brought it up before I did. I was thinking about that. That, to me, is definitely Disney trying to bridge Solo to the sequel trilogy. Because never once in the original trilogy did they ever say, look at these dice. Like, it was hanging above them, but we never zoomed in. They never showed it. It was definitely, like, it was definitely a MacGuffin, man. It was because they they made, they made put a big deal about the dice in The Last Jedi. Right. So much so, like, that Kylo Ren fucking picks them up at the end. And then they fucking disappear, um, which makes me wonder if those were the real dice at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a that was Disney that was Disney trying to um, MCU their shit. Let's put it that way. Right, which is really not needed. But all right, so here's what I can tell you. Um, you're right. It's not the I. Look, I'm going to butcher this because it's spelled all fucked up, but and there's no, like, pronunciation guide, but it's Shriwook or Shriwook. It's S-H-Y-R-I-I-W-O-O-K. So I think it's just called Shriwook, yeah. Shriwook would make sense. I thought it was sense. called Tukawook or something. What's that? I thought it was, like, Tukawook or something, so yours, no, song, I, yours is, I, I, it is Shriwook. Shriwook. Oh, yeah, and I would say Re because of, not to get all technical, but like the Nintendo system that came out, the Wii, you put that double I together, you know, that's how I'm getting that, mm-hmm. you know. Shiree. Shiree Wook. That's how I would say it. Shiree Wook. That's how I would say mm-hmm. it. But anyway, that's the language. Yeah, I I didn't mind that. Um, it's also known as Wookie speak. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. I yeah. Because no one wants to try and pronounce Shriwook. Um yeah, right. It's uh, uh, no this says yeah. Thai Karan, which is a dialect of Shriwook, 
it's fucking growls and that's all it is. I mean, honestly, I, I give I give Han Solo credit for knowing how to fucking differentiate that shit. Um, we also got to talk a little bit before we end it. We got to talk about Woody Harrelson. Right, and I do now, have one original- more thing. I have one more thing I want to bring up before we close it out too. But let's do your thing on Woody, and then we'll close it out with my thought and call it a night. Woody Harrelson's having a really fucking good like couple of years because yeah. he came back with like a whole lot of full force in War for the Planet of the Apes. He was amazing in that. He was really good in this movie. Um, the original one they wanted was Christian Bale for Beckett. Okay, I I think Woody probably played that better than Christian would have, and I like Christian Bale. I, I yeah. Did you see that new fucking trailer where Christian Bale is playing Dick Cheney? No, but I've heard of it. I saw a picture of it, but I haven't seen the trailer. No, dude, it is uncanny. I'll check that out. The, here's the other thing: um, Woody. Woody also did really good in um the Hunger Games. This character reminded me of a yeah. version of the of the character he played in the Hunger Games movies. Yeah, similar mentor kind of thing. Um. And disheveled, equally as disheveled. And disheveled, he, yeah. he was definitely like you could. <laughs> let me put it this way: You remember in Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade that there's a guy that in the beginning of the movie looks exactly like Indiana Jones when young River Phoenix is like yes. chasing yeah, after them. I was that you know who I thought that was the first time I saw it was um, what's his name? Sam Neill, the guy from Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, I could see that, it's, it's, it, but it's it's not him. Actually, not him I stumbled yet. upon the actor. The character's name in that we're talking about is called Fedora. Because um, he wears a fedora, sure. Yeah. He wears a fedora. This was like, when I saw Solo, I was like, this is what it would have been if Fedora had taken Indy under his wing. Sure. Yeah, I can because see that. Because what a, what a weird... For Indiana Jones, what a weird thing for him to adopt his dress and clothes and style and mannerisms on. Because it's just a guy who's a villain that's like a fucking treasure thief. And he fucking like, just because the dude gave him a fucking hat and said, you know, you got heart, kid, blah, 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 blah. You just, you know, blah, 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 blah. What a weird thing for him to adopt a whole persona on based on one guy. Now, if he's shown like Fedora taking an Indy on his wing and raising him a couple of years and showing him how to fucking you know do the bullwhip and and all that other shit, that's what Sol- that's what Beckett and Solo showed me is what right. it could have been. Which, by the um, way, I also got. Go yeah. ahead. No, go, go, go. I was gonna say like good for I. I was kind of impressed with Tandy Newton in this fucking movie too. You know what though? For me, and I'm glad you went back there because it's something I forgot to mention. My favorite part character wise in this movie was actually Rio, John Favreau's character. John Favreau, I dude, like killed it. It was great. Killed it. Yeah. That character killed it was, for a character that never existed. He killed it. Yeah. And I liked how, for lack of a better description, he mispronounced Wookiee. But he did it on purpose, I think, and it fit. It worked. Mm-hmm. He would say Wookie. If you go back and listen, he called him Wookie. He eh, would. He maybe would, that's the actual pronunciation. Maybe it is. Well, I don't think we have because a lot of other people have said Wookie as well. But he drug out those O's, like, and I, I have a Wookie. feeling it was a character choice, you know, like a, to go with that character. I mean, and I feel like it fit. Like I was really kind of okay with it. 
you could also tell that that was John Favreau being like, you know, I'm definitely going to do a Star Wars. I'm in the Star Wars mythos now. So it used to hear my voice. Yeah. Did you well, see that Center fucking uh, picture? The what? The Mandalorian. The show he's doing, The Mandalorian. Is that the Star Wars series he's doing? Yeah. It's just okay. called The Mandalorian. All right. And they they released a photo that shows a Mandalorian in armor. It doesn't look like it, it looks like Django and Boba. It just looks like one of those generic Mandalorians. Okay. Oh, is that what the man? I don't even know what the Mandalorians are, dude. You are much well well versed in the lore than I am of Star Wars. So, like, I don't know that. The Mandalorians are are they wear that? They're they're a sect of like like think of it this way. They're sort of like Maori. No, like Maori influenced tribe. Okay, and they all have their own tribes and everything, but they come from the planet Mandalore. But their their armor is super high tech. But it's like, like imagine it's like the East Asians of Star Wars, and they and like samurais. Like right. They have their own you. religion. They have their own sect. They have their own armor. They have their own weapons, and they have their own code of honor and everything. Which is why Django and, and Boba sort of branch out. And do their own shit because they don't really have a whole lot of fucking honor. Well, you know, especially they're very Jango, much bounty cause, hunters. Because Boba is basically—I mean, no, he's not basically. He's a clone of Django. I mean, that's what he is, right? Yeah, and then raised by him. Yeah, so, he's yeah. The, yeah, he's the X twenty-three, basically. Yeah, basically. But no, I liked—I liked John in that. I thought he did a good job. I mean, you know. Spoilers, the fact that the whole crew dies is a little disappointing. I would like to have seen more of that character, but I don't, I'm not like, you know, why, how dare you? It sucks, but whatever, you know, like, um, yeah, overall, overall, look, solo, solos, you, like I said, in the beginning of the solo talk, you get the feels and, and that's great. And I'm glad you get the feels. I had some issues until they explained it. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, like, the fact that the Millennium Falcon didn't have the gap in the middle until they yeah. jettisoned it, you know, like that I get, you know, the little things like that bothered me, but overall it was a good movie. And I, I still will say Rogue One fits better into the lore in my opinion, but you get your feels out of Solo and so that's all. So here's the last thing I want to talk about before we, we call it a night though. And we might've talked about this on Star Wars, honestly, I don't remember. But if we did, I want to kind of touch on it again. And if we didn't, then I want to touch on it anyway. And that would be, you mentioned earlier, they're, they're basically doing away with the the individual movies, which I think is a bad idea. Dialing it back is okay, but doing away with it, I think is a bad idea. Um, but what would you want to see? And you touched on the Night of the City Old Republic with the Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones guys, which could still be awesome if they do that. But what else would you want to see? Like, if you had to pick one or two individual Star Wars stories that aren't, you know, episode canon, what would you want? What would you want to see? So not episode canon. So excluding Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi and all that shit. No, no, no. You can do those characters. But I'm saying, like, it's not saga. You know what I mean? It's not episode 11. Uh, Yeah. I would like what what Solo touched on is what I would really like to see, which is I want to see, and I've said this before, I want to see a mafia crime Star Wars movie. Okay. I want to see more of Crimson Dawn. I want to see Darth Maul. Like basically, I want a like a sequel to Solo without Han Solo. 
Right, right. I follow. Like the picking up the Darth Maul part, but Solo's gone off and done his own thing. Yeah, no, I totally get exactly. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even throwing Lando, you could throw Lando in there because one, he was fucking great. Um, you here's how have, I would do it. You could even have Solo make a like a like an appearance or a cameo, but not a be a Solo movie, right? I follow what you're saying. Here, I'll give you like I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I can because I know we Please. do want to tie this up. But no, no, um, no. Get your point across. That's fine. Okay. So how about this for an idea? They tie in, they just wrap it up that story because we, you know, there's only so many fucking stories you can do with those characters in that short amount of time now. So you tie it in with Rebels and you tie it in with Obi-Wan Kenobi and you tie it in with Maul and you tie it in with fucking Boba Fett. So you get to see, um, and I think I talked about this with when we had the Maddie Rager uh, episode. So you have Maul has Kira go to Dathomir. So now they have their own story. At the same time, Maul um, is heading to Tatooine after the events of Rebels, which you don't know about. So he sends Kira off to do whatever the fuck mission. Maybe Lando shows up. Maybe they're a part of the team. Maybe Han Solo bumps into him. Maybe Kira dies. And that's how that, that love story gets ended. That okay. way he's not like, while he's with Leia, he's still thinking about Kira because he just has to move on. Maybe he's forced to move on. Um, and maybe even Lando and Han don't even fucking interact because that scene, that scene where he wins the Falcon from cheating, where he out cheats Lando. Um, and then when, with him bumping into him at Empire, that, that flows kind of well. Right. Although maybe right. there could be a scene where they kind of, you know, they kind of a lighthearted about it. They're like, hey, man, you you stole the Falcon from me. You're like, hey, man, I want it there in square. And well, they, they kind do, of have a laugh about it. But no, they do that Empire. Yeah, they do. But I'm, I'm saying just maybe one more scene of them just kind of joking around and letting it go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Maul is now, tra- as Maul heads to Tatooine and he fucking like hunts down Obi-Wan Kenobi. You bring back Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, then we get our little fucking Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie that we've been wanting for fucking ever. So basically, try and combine four movies into one, and if you do it properly, it can be done. You also have a scene with Boba Fett, like young Boba Fett, learning how to become a Mandalore. So you get your Boba Fett movie. You also show maybe Han Solo doing a mission for um java honestly this whole thing would be great for a fucking tv series honestly if they just kind of interconnect yeah. this. it sounds but too whatever. intense or too um there's too much going on for it to be one movie but i hear what you're saying i like i like the path that you're taking i think it's just too much to try to cram into two hours right um you have maul fucking meet obi-wan kenobi get his fucking ass killed and then you could even have that be like the first half of the film. And then the second half of the film could be Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of, you know, doing his own side mission at the same time protecting Luke. Like, I want there to be a part where Luke gets attacked but doesn't know. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi fucking protects him like like someone's about to snipe out Luke. Or it could even be fucking Maul or it could be Boba Fett. I don't fucking know. Like, maybe Jabba the Hutt just has a problem with the fucking... Um, with Luke or some shit, have like a young Luke Skywalker kid, have the kid from, um, 
from Room, which uh, you didn't see. Um, he'd be good. And he's a huge Star Wars fan. So have like a young Luke Skywalker, like a 10, 12-year-old Luke Skywalker do his own so just doing his own, you know, pod, you know, maybe not pod racing, but like oh, wanting God, to be a no. pilot just like his dad. Um, and then have like someone about to snipe him out and Obi-Wan just fucking slays that fucking dude. And then like Luke turns around, there's no one there because Obi-Wan had like saved him. And there's also, there, there should be a, a connection between Luke and Obi-Wan. Like no one ever fucking questions how Doc Brown and Marty McFly are fucking homies. Well, no, so they question it. I've heard it, but I know what you're getting at. Okay. See, my- but there should be a, there should be a fucking introduction for Obi-Wan Kenobi to Oh, my name is Ben Kenobi. Well, which by the way, of all the fucking like names to give as a fake name, why'd you keep Kenobi? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, for, for me, and obviously I haven't put as much thought into it as you have, but for me, I, I want Yoda. And maybe you'll get that after the Knights of the Republic stuff. I want, but I want young Yoda. I want Yoda training as a Jedi Yoda. You know? Dude, during- I, saw, I saw this fucking meme that made me laugh out loud. They said, Yoda's last name has been re- revealed. It's <laughs> Lady Hehu. And when you say what, and then you say Yoda Lehihu. Oh Jesus, that's terrible. Um, I was like, that's kind of cute. I like that. I look. I I've always been a big fan of Yoda's. I I have. He's been a character I've always really liked. And I'm not saying other people don't, but he's he's really kind of easily one of my favorite characters. Um, sure. And I would like to know how he gained all this knowledge. Like, I could give a fuck about Mace Windu. Like, I'm sorry to say that. I like Sam Jackson a lot as an actor, but I could give a shit about that character. And I could He's give a shit about most of, the, most of the council. But but Yoda, I want to know, you know? Yeah, no one wants to see a whole fucking movie about Keanu Mundi. No one gives a shit about that. Yeah. I, I want to see... do with the fucking giant-ass fucking brain. I want to see Yoda fucking the up coat. as a young Padawan. You know what I mean? I want to see Yoda figuring out how he got there. I want to see a bit about his race because I think Yoda's the last of his race, personally. I mean, we don't know There's, that for certain. In, in Phantom Menace, there is a female Yoda on the council off to the side. Okay. Yeah, but that's Phantom Menace. Or, so by the time he dies in Return of the Jedi, he could be it. He's, maybe, but her name, by the way, is Yaddle. So whatever. Mm. All right. Well, anyway, I just that's where I I mean, I want to see that they keep referring to that golden age that we never really see a lot of. Do you know what I mean? Like you see the tail end of it going into the return of, or revenge of the Sith, but like I want to see that before. golden age. What? Oh, you mean when it's like before the dark times, before the empire. Well, right, and you kind of get some of that with Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, but like I'm talking way back. You know what I mean? Like you're talking, you're talking Knights of the Old Republic, right? And and maybe you'll get what I want in that Knights of the Republic series or trilogy or whatever that the Game Game of Thrones guys are doing. Like maybe they'll focus on part of that, or maybe that'll be at least a character. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I'll tell you what I want to see. I just want to see a whole trilogy of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Um, no, I don't. We already got a trilogy of. Jar- Jar Jar Binks. That was 
Man, one was enough. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I oh. think. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover, or I think we've kind of gone around this whole thing? I think, I think I think we covered it. I think I think we covered as much as we could for a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Think, that's what the timeline is. That's where you put fucking put Solo in. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There you go. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. For Podeskew, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, and Google Play Music on your Android phone to listen to, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show, or the Listen Notes podcast search engine at www.listennotes.com. Go there, type in Podeskew, all one word, and you can stream us right there. If you want to agree with or yell at us directly, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. If you need to contact the show for promotional reasons, tweet Stephanie at PodeskewPR. Check out Rico's YouTube channel, Rico's Rants, on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash Rico's Rants. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. They're no longer online, but you can contact me for a copy of the full song or the whole Plan 9 EP. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Hey, Rico, I've got a bad feeling about this. Today to join Mike and Jill in holy matrimony. So they may file jointly this tax season. And you are? April from Tax Act, the tax filing software with the expert guidance to help you file for less and get more. Works for me. So, Mike, do you take this woman to love, honor, and get her a maximum refund? I do. Jill? Ditto. I now pronounce you married, filing jointly. I always cry at filing status updates. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details.